Welcome to the Run Home Podcast with Missile and Cooper Johns. We were filling in for the boys today. We spoke all things pre-season training to start the show. And then, uh, Cooper, you uh, added a little bit about pranks. A little bit of prank stuff, a bit of Mad Monday stuff, uh, and then also a little bit of a fun fact about Pat Cummins' new business venture, if you haven't heard about that. Yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, we spoke all thing NRL news. Kurt Capewell, Marky Mark, Mole Olukawatu all signing on. GQ Awards, we spoke fashion, we spoke award winners, we spoke Nathan Cleary, uh, some Premier League scores, and we had our guests on, Wally Massour, to talk all things Australian Open, and Ryan Grant talking Sydney FC. Massive show. I know you're going to enjoy it. It was a massive debut from Cooper Johns. A lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Uh, on the run home, it was Cooper and the missile. Good afternoon and welcome to the run home with Joel and Fletch. It's a new team with you today. I'm James Magnuson. I'm joined on debut by Cooper Johns. We are coming to you live from Moore Park Golf Club. This Thursday, the 7th of December, good afternoon, Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, listeners across the SEN network. To those listening around the world on the SEN app, let us know where you're listening from. And a shout out to the Run Home podcast listeners on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are now on YouTube. Search Joel and Fletch and subscribe. Cooper Johns, welcome to, uh, welcome to SEN, welcome to the Run Home. I can't, I'm not really in the place, the position to welcome you because it's not my show, but here <laughs> we are. Nonetheless, <laughs> mate, you've done a great introduction, mate. Good to be on. I listen all the time, mate. You do an excellent job. So you've done a little bit of radio and podcasting and, and all that sort of jazz, but is this first time co-hosting a show? Uh, I did I did one with uh, A Morning Glory with Dad and Webby one time. True. About a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't as professional as this. I no, of course. That it was of course. Uh, not as entertaining. <laughs> so talk to me about what you're up to at the moment. Um, I know you're with us for a little period. Then you're doing some work as well with uh, with the big dogs over at Kiss SFAM. Um, what's what's planned for the next couple of months? Uh, yeah, just like you're saying, a bit of, bit of stuff over there with Kyle and Jackie O. Uh, they just signed a little bit of a deal, so hopefully there's... Just a little one. Yeah, hopefully there's a bit of money left over in the salary cap for me. <laughs> uh, there's probably not, now that I think about it. A uh, little bit of stuff with them. Uh, podcast starts back up in February as well, so... Um, yeah, just pick up where we left off, really. On the John's Family Podcast... Um, you're a listener. Yeah, oh. I, every now and then. So you're... Um, your mum messages my girlfriend every now and then. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think like fans of each other. Okay. Potentially. And she, she alerts Rose to when either Rose or I have spoken about on the podcast. Yeah. So she says, oh, Rose, have a listen to this episode. We talked about you and James or something like that. And she sent us, she sent us merch. I've got the Maddie Johns podcast t-shirt and hats. Um, so, yeah, Trish, Trish and Rose um, sort of liaise a little bit. Well, that's a uh, sounds a little bit like a keys in the bowl kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you were, tr- you were trying to uh, really PG that up for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can call me daddy by the end of the show today. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about footy. Um, preseason at the moment, we'll get a, into a little bit of uh, preseason chat later on. Um, but preseason this time of year. Um, most most of the boys are back at training at the moment. Um, with the Manly boys, um, what are they up to? Are they doing any sort of camps? I saw Parramatta was at Wiseman Ferry, which is not very exciting. Um, no. Brooksy, welcome to the show. 
Welcome to your show. Gents. You Welcome. were saying Canberra were on a bit of a camp at the moment. Yeah, down in Kiama. Yeah. Saw them there on Tuesday. It's like, bit of a, that's a bit nicer for them than yeah. getting up out of the nation's capital. Yeah. Well, yeah, any any opportunity, holiday. I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, have, what, have you got any... Um... Well, Manly's going to Vegas. So I don't oh. know how much budget they've got to go and run their own camp as well. Uh, we did it last, last season, we did an army camp just before Christmas. And I think that's going to turn into a regular thing for them. Here uh, in Sydney? It'll be in Sydney. Last year, we did it in Mudgee. Um, oh, yeah. We did a team one, but this from now, similar to what the Storm do, they're going to do all first-year players have to do it. Yeah. So there'll probably only be about 10 to 12 players who have to do it. Last year, all 36 of us did it. Um, so that was that was fun. Uh, but this year... Even think, your elder statesman's like a like a Cherry Evans had to do a well, military camp. Ches, uh, Ches had never done one. Really? Cherry had never done one. I'd done one, and Cherry came in. He came in off rep duties. He was supposed to come back in January. Uh, but Siebes asked him and Jake to come back early just to do that, yeah. which they happily did because they're good blokes. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have done it <laughs> off my own back. <laughs> but um, they decided to do that. And, I mean, it was a tough camp. It was a very tough camp. Um, but you wouldn't suspect boys of their age and stature to have to prove. They had nothing to prove. Yeah, that's prove. a punish. Yeah, they didn't have anything to prove. Jake won man of the camp. Uh, Jakey T, as you can imagine. That kind of checks out. Yeah. He's, he's, the way he is, his work around on the field definitely suits an army style. The yeah. bloke said he'd, he'd happily serve in the trenches with Jake. Well, I haven't, uh, I've done the, the SAS TV show, and I, have, like, I haven't done it with the football squad, obviously, but there was a lot of crying on our army camp. <laughs> and I actually, like, towards the end, they, they used that against me. They said I wasn't emotional enough because I, I didn't cry. But um, when you do it with a footy team, are there any tears? I've seen tears before because at, in the Melbourne one, uh, there was a segment on day two when you haven't slept for two days. Mm. So the Melbourne one, you didn't sleep at all. So you went three Monday to start Monday midday, you yep. finish Wednesday at two o'clock, yep. and you don't sleep at all. So uh, lucky most of the boys had a lot of practice in that, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of practice in that department. Um, but there was tears day two because they did a segment where you had to get up and tell the hardest part of your life. And when oh, you're not yeah. talk, when you're not, you know, sleeping and stuff, you get quite emotional. So there were a couple of tears in there, boys talking about people getting sick and things like that. But mm. the manly one, there was a fair bit of sleep, so there were no tears on that. Mm. Uh, a couple come close. Taniella Paseco almost cried a couple of times. <laughs> uh, very close. Uh, but no, not too many tears other than that. The one that got, well, gets most people on that show is they show, on the, on the SAS show, they, they show you a video of like your... Um, family or your kids or whatever, like saying, oh, I miss your daddy or, or that sort of stuff and people start crying. Yeah. But mine, I, I've got a girlfriend, but they, that was pretty much all they had on me. That was it. You, so, were ha- you were happier to get away from yeah, her. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, she said on her segment, she's like, oh, there's been so much happening since you've been gone. I've got so many stories to tell you when you get home. I was like, oh. And then <laughs> Aunt Middleton, after when I was walking out of the ro- out of the room, he goes, "Enjoy the stories." <laughs> so, <laughs> that that Aunt Mintl- Middleton, what's he like? Because he seems like a ripper bloke. So the first time I, I bumped into him was just at the Everest um, the other week. Since the Sammy, show, was he with Sammy Burgess? Yeah, he was with Sammy yeah. Burgess. So on the show. I don't know if you watched that first season, but basically they got to the end and uh, we all finished, or four of us finished, and they said to me, like, you're not picked. 
and they just flew off in a helicopter and I never saw Ant Middleton again. <laughs> I didn't see him again. So he flew off in a helicopter with Honey Badger and, um, and um, oh, what's his name? Um, Mer- uh, Merrick from Radio American oh, oh, Rosso. Did Merrick beat yeah. you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I didn't show enough emotion. That was my downfall. Oh, wow. Yeah, Don't no, worry. He, he got plenty of emotion in him, Merrick. Yeah. Well, if you were in the trenches, you're about to run over the top. You look to your left and you see Merrick. Are you filled with confidence? I don't know. He, he, is, a, he is a ripper bloke, though, Merrick. Um, but they flew off in a helicopter together, and I was kind of standing there on the mountain on my own. And then they drew, drove me back in a four-wheel drive. I got back to the, um, the hotel in, in Threadbo. I was like, oh, where is everyone? They're like, oh, they're gone. Oh, like, wow. That's it. And I was like, oh, sweet. So would you just pack up and straight away and left? I had like a debrief with a psychologist, got some pizza and stuff, and then, uh, yeah, drove back to Sydney. What's the debrief for? Is that to see if there's any damage? To see doing? if you cooked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of, like a fair few people were. So I, I, I kept in contact with Merrick after it. And um, he got deep into it, like into the headspace. Oh, yeah. And was having really bad night terrors and couldn't sleep for a long period after because he got so immersed into it. Yeah, wow. And uh, so he was um, having regular check-ins with the psychologist, debriefs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I remember at our army camp, similar to that, a lot of, all the boys for the next week, every time they'd go to sleep, they'd wake up from nightmares thinking they were still on the army camp. Yeah. And... It, mate, it happened, I reckon, because we ended up sending a WhatsApp message into the group going, is everyone else having nightmares? <laughs> yeah. And 10 of the 15 boys were awake at the same time at like 4 a.m. going, yeah, we're all, having, <laughs> yeah. We're all still up having these shit nightmares. Yeah, and my, my missus was having massive dramas because I was having night terrors and doing big flinches and stuff in bed and like like flipping around and whacking her in the middle of the night and she was waking up, she's like, you've got problems. Like, I don't know what you're dreaming about. So I keep thinking because quite a few times during the show, We'd be in, the, we're in this barn thing, and they'd come in, they'd throw a stun grenade in, and you'd hear this big explosion, and you'd wake up, and your ears would, you know, on the movies, how they, they you just hear, yeah, they're just ringing. Mm. You wake up, and it's super bright, and your ears are ringing, and then they'd run in, they're like, go, 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 go. And that, it does give you, I don't know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call it PTSD because I feel like we're doing a disservice to people that actually yeah. went to war, but, um, it yeah it messes with you for quite a long time. So would those boys, uh, those younger boys, be going on army camp about now no, or after Christmas? They it'd be the last three days going in. So you break up for about the twenty first or twenty second. So they'd probably head yep. off probably the eighteenth, and they'd hire they'd just hire um, the SAS guys to come to Sydney. I don't think they're going to take it back out that far because uh, yeah. not everyone's going. So I yep. think they're just going to do it around Sydney. So you might see some of them. Running around your neck of the woods, running around Bondo <laughs> Beach, or something like that. <laughs> in camo gear, streets. <laughs> yeah. Did you get anyone on the um, challenge the the instructors? And what do you mean? Get well, it? basically, like tell them to piss off. Like uh, you, you, they go so hard at you that sometimes you have to fight the urge, right, to turn around and go, "Oi." Yeah. Well, there's a cut. Not not the manly one. They weren't as mean on the manly one. The Melbourne one. There's been. Yarns of so many people doing it. James Maloney, when he was at Melbourne, <laughs> he, um, he, on the, so the last night, that's the hardest night, you got to yeah. sit, 
you lay out in the bush and you've got to stand watch. You can't go to sleep. And there's there's people coming through with guns and you have to say, halt, who goes there? Yeah. But you're forgetting the phrase the whole time. Yeah. Well, James Maloney was like, had blew him with them the whole time, apparently. <laughs> and apparently he just went, screw it. Grabbed his sleeping bag out of his thing, walked like 10 metres into the bush and just fell asleep. <laughs> and at about 6 a.m. in the morning, so drop you out there at like 10 at night and they pick up around 5 in the morning. Yeah. And they were coming through on the like bus picking everyone up and they completely forgot about James Maloney. <laughs> so they got back to base camp, did a head count and he was gone. So they had to go back out and send a search party back in to try to find him. Oh, I couldn't imagine him conforming to something like that. Did, no. you, did you play with him? No, so he... he by the time Missed I got down there, he was yeah. at Roosters. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. Been, he's had more clubs than Justin Hams. Yeah. So. I, can, <laughs> I, like, I can imagine him from a, a technical standpoint, but from a disciplinary standpoint, him as a coach, would, would it's hard to envisage. I think, yeah. I know um, I had Shane Flanagan last year, and I think Flano, like uh, knowing the type of coach Flano is now that I've had him, he would have had serious troubles with James Maloney. He's not a very... He's someone that you can't coach the same as everyone else. Yeah. So with those disciplined coaches that everybody's on a level playing field, you've got to drive standards. Yeah. You, can't, just, you just can't get the best out of James Maloney, I think, if yeah. you're trying to treat him like everyone else because he's, he just, he's just a character in his own sense. And he get, he'll play the best footy when he's doing his own thing. You probably need a Paul Gallen to keep a James Maloney in line yeah, at you'd times. Need, you'd need big leaders yeah. to uh, definitely keep him in line. Well, it, it, There's that famous story about Paul Gallen, you know, with Bo Ryan in that squad. Again, another big personality. And Paul Gallen punched him out. Did on he? A, yeah, on a, on a mad Monday. Um, Bo Ryan was slapping him or something. Um, and Gallen turned around and said, do that one more time and I'll hit you. And he slapped him again and Gal turned around and clocked him. There's a lot. There's <laughs> enough. enough. Does, yeah. Oh, would you, would you test Paul Gallen though? Far out. If he said no more, I'd, I'd probably leave the party. Don't worry. There's Mad Mondays and, and fights go hand in hand these days as well. Mm. I've seen a lot, of, a lot of blues in my time of boys picking on the wrong bloke and there's just a switch and next <laughs> chairs and glasses are getting thrown around everywhere. Yeah. All the ones I've seen have started out as... Uh, an argument about who would win in a wrestle and then the wrestle starts and one person glazes over or gets that look in their eye and the wrestle turns to body shots only which turns to just full-on fight yeah well there's you got Isn't one there, the swans player in the off season yeah the he Monday, was done his shoulder yeah he's Callum, done for 20 Callum mills Callum mills. Callum mills yeah the captain 2024 is done yeah wrestling's very popular <laughs> Oh, wrestling's very it's it's one of the great things to do when you've had a couple uh, yeah. couple beers in your sister one so, of the assistant coaches uh got in a wrestle at Roosters after they won the comp. He uh called out one of the boys and they had a massive wrestle. Apparently the boys had to break it up. Yeah, wow. When my, my girlfriend's from Melbourne and she hasn't she's one of three girls and hasn't experienced any rugby league culture. Any real male culture, to be honest. And when she moved to Sydney, my housemate at the time was playing for Newtown when they were reserve grade for um, the Roosters. And uh, the two of us were drinking one night. She must have been at our house as well. And I started chirping him and saying, I'd have you in a wrestle. And next minute, we've thrown down like in a serious wrestle. like going, Like... Not a wrestle to the death, but, you know, yeah. a lot of pride on the line. And she started, like, yelling and trying to break it up. And we're like, no, let this play out. And the next day, she's, she, she could not – she was really upset for a start. Like, she was almost crying. She's like, you guys are unhinged. 
And I was like, this, no. And, and we were like best mates straight after. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we just had to settle who the better wrestler was. But <laughs> who won? Uh, so he was... Oh, yeah. So he had all the technique because they did a lot of wrestling training. I was just enthusiasm and a bit of like explosiveness at the start. Yeah. So I start fast. Yeah. And if I don't pin him quickly, then... Um, you know, he uh, technique overcomes, but he also do dirty stuff like heel locks and oh, so he was pretty bars. well trained. Yeah, just he done a little bit of jujitsu as well. Question for you, Missile. While we're on the topic of Mad Mondays, was there ever is there a similar thing uh, for swimming yeah. or in the Olympics? Is there a Mad Monday style event? Yeah. So the main um, the main party at the Olympics is the last night of the swimming. So um, most swimmers are done by that last day, but the last event of the whole Olympic swimming program is the mixed uh, is the is the medley relay. So I would always have to do that as the freestyle in the medley relay. Yeah. But the rest of the team is getting ready for that night. Is the big party, and whoever the major sponsor is of the Olympics usually puts on that party. So it's like a I don't know a Heineken or a Amiga or it's and it's big like big celebrities like your hollywood celebrities are there really? uh, yeah, uh, like, uh, like really? a matthew mcconaughey was that one what? um is is that all is there athletics track swimming are they all just, there it's just swimming oh, it's just because we finish after that first week and the rest yeah. of the games is still going yeah okay so it really is the first big party of the olympics as a whole because we're the first sport to finish it's a it's you know a, a, a big sport and uh, all, but all the countries go, so yeah, like wow. the Americans will go and stuff like that. Who's the loosest country? <laughs> uh, Australia, and second would probably be France. Yeah, well, okay. They go really hard. Yeah, yeah. And it's I've had a few big nights with the Frenchies, with zero English. The whole night we don't speak a word of English to each other, but just a nod and a wink. Sign language. And uh, that, yeah, they know what's up. We know what's up. Uh, but the Americans never. But that's that night for us, and it, you know, if you finish up that night before um, before daylight, then you've kind of packed it in a bit early. Yeah, okay. It's it's a proper it's a proper send. Yeah, because I hear a lot of stories about uh, some of the uh, how do I put this lightly at the Olympics? Some of the um, the village they call it. Yeah, the village. Lots of extracurriculars. Yeah, lots of sleeping. Not. Not on their own, well, if you so know what I'm talking about. For the Tokyo Olympics, the most recent Olympics, they made the beds out of cardboard. So oh. that if anything happened, the bed would fall fall apart. Oh, really? Yeah, specifically for that reason. Well, yeah. So uh, you could only fit one in the bed type of thing? Well, apparently any kind of movement and the bed would <laughs> collapse. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, they're athletes, so they find a way. Oh, they're yeah. the best in the world at what they do. Yeah. There's more than one, not just a bed. They should have made the showers out of cardboard. All right, heaps more to get to today on the run home uh, debut of Cooper Johns. I'm James Magnuson. Join us after the break here on SEN. Welcome back to the run home. This is the Trady Hour. Thanks to Amir Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Got a prize today, caller of the week. The winner gets a thousand dollars Red Smoke Alarm household pack. Think Red Smoke Alarms, think 10-year warranty, think Australian-owned, think www.redsmokealarms.com.au. Uh, all right, Cooper, this is a part of the show where we interact a little bit with the listeners. We've got a heap of texts here. We've also got a caller on the line, so we'll get straight to him. John from Harrington Park, welcome to the run home. G'day, boys. Mr. Cooper, how are you? 
Yeah, we're good, John. What do you got for us? Good. I, I wanted to ask Keeper a question, mate. Um, being the um, nephew of the eighth immortal and the son of Matthew, what, what, what's more pressure, mate? Trying to be funny or a good footballer? Mm. Oh, great question, John. Um, well, I'm not good at either, but I'd probably say the foot, the football side because dad, dad was funny, but he could also play football. But Joey w- could play football, but isn't funny. So <laughs> <laughs> um, there's probably more pressure because they're both good at football. Well answered, mate. Well answered. No, I just I thought um, I, I was actually going to leave um, Andrew right out of it because I know your dad did play play pretty good football, but. We all know that he cops it because, um, you know, Andrew is the immortal. But, um, yeah. but no, good, good, well answered, mate. Uh, you're doing well, actually. You're, you're doing well. Thanks, Thanks John. John. You sound very surprised. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Cooper, I assume um, growing up, whenever you played footy, your dad would have given you advice or, you know, a bit of a pre-game pep-up. Um, for radio, or for for the work you're doing now in the media, is is your dad being someone that you've lent on for advice, or um, are you sort of just forging your own path? Uh, no, nah, I think definitely I lean on him for advice. A lot of yep. the stuff we do on the potty, uh, you know, I run stuff by him, content past him. Say, mate, you reckon that's funny? He'll adjust it, or he'll if he, he'll give his honest opinion if he thinks it's not, which yeah. sometimes happens. But uh, <laughs> I think my brother needs more work. I think he's probably the one that dad leans on the most to try to help because uh, Jack got uh, a lot of Trisha's humour. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. It, uh, but he's, he's obviously very smart to run by. Like Joey, I'd, Joey was actually at my NRL debut and he was coaching the Eels at the time. So he was the attack coach. So he come up to me and was trying to give me some tips about what to do. None of it worked anyway, but like, <laughs> I, was, I was listening. He was giving me stuff like, he doesn't like to tackle on this shoulder. Give me like little yeah. details like that. But um, yeah, dad definitely, I lean on for the radio and stuff because he's very, he's very intelligent with it. Is there ever a conversation around the dinner table of who is the greater goat? Because well, I grew up in the, the Andrew Johns era, so he in my eyes, is the greatest footballer of all time. But there's plenty of room for debate on that, and, and everyone's got a different opinion on that. However, when it comes to rugby league media, I wouldn't have thought there's too much of a debate on who is the GOAT of that, being being your dad. Like, I'm, I don't know. You could, I guess you could throw Fatty Ostolo, but realistically and longevity-wise, multiple different platforms, you'd have to say he's pretty, he's pretty outright. So does that ever get brought up? At the dinner, does Dad ever toot his own horn at the dinner table? Well, <laughs> if there was an argument and, and Joey's big noting about footy, you could have a pretty easy rebuttal about well, media we ha- work. We haven't seen Joey in about eight months since they had a blue on SEN, so I, mm. we haven't really uh, we haven't had dinner with we never really got dinner before, but now we definitely don't get dinner uh, on the rugby league one though. Uh, that's probably more of the debate. We never really talk about the media side of who's that sort of goat in in rugby league media. Um, I think Dad's you know, definitely had the longevity of it. Uh, Fatty and stuff were excellent, but I think they, the show, once the show kind of ended, they went more into commentary, so there hasn't really been a, another show like that since. Um, but rugby league-wise, we do often debate uh, about who's the best. I, I'm a believer of Cameron Smith. Uh, oh, only really? because, well, I played with Smithy, <laughs> and I watched Smithy, yeah. and I knew what it was like to try to train against him and play yeah. with him, and he was unbelievably smart, did everything right. 
Uh, Joey's obviously like it's him and Joey really to talk about at the moment. Um, but I didn't get to watch it. I didn't really get to watch any of yeah. Joey. By the time he'd retired, I was six. So um, I didn't that's really a get big to see part it. of it, isn't it? It's recency bias or what you grew up watching. I reckon there's a, there's a there's an age bracket where you're very impressionable. And that's when you form your opinion on who, who is the GOAT in that sense, I think. So for me, when I was growing up and playing footy myself, it was Joey, it was the guy. And I was from Port Macquarie, so most people in that area followed Newcastle. Um, so he was the guy. But and, and I always used to bristle when people said it was JT, not Joey. Now as I've you know got a bit older and cooled down a bit, I'm like, yeah, I could see the debate for JT or Darren Lockyer or Cam Smith. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I always thought that would be an interesting conversation if Joey slung a bit of rugby league rhetoric. If your dad ever returned fire with, well, at least I'm nah, undisputed don't worry. in my da- field. Dad always says stuff like that. Dad, um, whenever Dad's got a, an ongoing joke that he's used on everything and he uh, says Joey used to ring him when he'd start doing commentary when he retired and uh, Dad would say to him, and Joey would say, mate, how do you think I'm going? How do you think my commentary is? And Dad said, well, God can't give you everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break here on The Run Home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson. Thanks, Amy. We are now on YouTube. Search Joel and Fletch and subscribe. The Run Home with Joel and Fletch, thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is now on. And MFP Easy voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. All right, this is the part of the show where we give you some tips. Market update, thanks to Sportsbet. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Uh, welcome to the show, Mitchie Abaya. G'day, fellas. How are we going? Yeah, we're good, Mitchie. We're very excited because the big bash starts tonight and uh, we want to know where the money is. Yeah, uh, it does. Brisbane Heat v the Stars, Melbourne Stars. Uh, 7.15 is the start of the game. There's 80 uh, markets on sports bet for this match. Brisbane Heat, $1.71. Melbourne Stars are at $2.15. Um, there's an interesting market on their team to score the most sixes. Brisbane Heat, $2.45. The Stars, $1.96. And a tie for uh, most sixes for the game at $6.50. I think there's uh, plenty of odd and unusual markets as well as your basic ones on the sports bet up for the Brisbane Heat v Melbourne Stars. Who are the favourites to take out the whole tournament this year, Mitchie? Uh, favourite to take out the whole tournament, uh, you have Perth Scorchers $3.75, Sydney Sixers $5, the Hurricanes and the Renegades at $7 each, and then Brisbane Heat eights and Melbourne Stars are at $10. Gotcha, and then a little bit of EPL action tomorrow. We've got uh, our boy Ange, Tottenham versus West Ham, and also Everton and Newcastle. Yeah, we'll start with, uh, let's start with Everton v Newcastle. Uh, that game is at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, Everton, $3.10. The draws, three thirty. Newcastle favourites at $2.30. Uh, the over and under, two and a half goals for the game. Over two and a half goals is $1.85. And under two and a half goals is $1.88. Then we'll get to Tottenham v West Ham. Uh, Tottenham, very firm favourites here, $1.70. The draws at four twenty as well as West Ham at $4.20. And over and under two and a half goals here. Over two and a half goals, $1.44. Under two and a half goals is $2.66. Jeez, you'd be mad not to take that, Mitch, wouldn't you? NFL on Thursday, Thursday night football. Uh, what do you got for the Patriots versus the Steelers? Yeah, Patriots versus the Steelers. Patriots, $3.35. The Steelers, $1.33. The line for the game sits at five and a half points at $1.97. Um, 
uh, in favour of New Zealand Patriots. And then for the Steelers, the line of five and a half to be cleared at $1.84. Total match points for the game is at 30.5 at $1.91. Beautiful. Can you give us something wide as well that we can keep an eye on, all us punters? Something wide? Um, let me... Is in terms of... NFL, or are you just talking about in No, no, nah, nah, let's else? go. Just mate, anything. In your, in your wheelhouse, Mitchie, let's go dishes. All right, let's go race one, number one, Albion Park at around $6 tonight. Oh, wow. That was fast. <laughs> See, this is, what he, yep. this is where he's in his comfort zone, Cooper. If, and I'll give Mitchie you, the, I'll give you the, best bet, the best bet on the program at Sandown Park, race three, number one, I'm a Mustang. Um, that is a heat of the laurels. So uh, I'm just trying to see on the app if there is any futures markets. I think there is for the laurels. Uh, I'm a Mustang. You're getting $6 for the overall market. So I reckon that's a really good futures play there as well. Beautiful. Thank you, Mitchie. Uh, that's a market update. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. The tradie hour, thanks to Amer Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Coming to you live from Moorpark Golf Course today, visit the Estrella Dam pop-up bar at the Moorpark Driving Range every Friday to Sunday. It's a beautiful day out here this afternoon, um, Cooper, for a hit of golf. Do you play much golf yourself? Uh, no, not at all, actually. But I don't mind coming. Uh, we we did a golf day not long ago after Mad Monday. Uh, Twelve of us went up to the Central Coast, and I just drove the buggy around. Oh, nice! And <laughs> I drove deliver. I was like the Uber Eats of beers and uh, balls to the boys. So that was good fun. And we actually got a young man fired that day what? from the golf course. So oh, from the golf course, not from the Manly Club. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Ben Trebojevic. <laughs> it was a matter of time. Yeah. Now, we, we got out, we drove there, but then everyone was too intoxicated. We couldn't drive back, so we bribed this dude. We gave a young man there who was, like, in charge of hiring out all the golf carts. We gave him $200 to drive us back and to our, which was probably 20 minutes away, our Airbnb, and then he was going to Uber back. And he was stoked. He was happy to do that. Like yeah. he, he made in that ten minutes what he was in the whole day. Yeah. And uh, but the Uber because we were like in country in like inland of the central coast, so the Uber took like twenty minutes. By the time he got back, his boss had figured out he left, and he ended up getting sacked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh poor Blake. Did you invite him to the Mad Monday after? Or is he too young? Uh, oh, he was 18. Like, he was 18. Yeah, he okay. had one beer with us. Yeah. Uh, but, no, nah, he didn't get an invite back. Well, he's got a story for life anyway. Well, just on golf, other sports that pique your interest. Obviously, you spent a lot of time down in Melbourne. So, do you have a, an AFL team? Uh, I'm a Melbourne Demons man. Yeah. Um, which, they used to share the facilities with us at Amy Park. So, we'd always be doing gym when they'd been in there doing gym. Do they do gym? They do. Uh, <laughs> Party weights. <laughs> party weights. Yeah, party weights. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't think AFL players did you? Yeah. <laughs> they were doing buys and tries and shoulders before, before they were going to some festivals. Um, but no, they were all knock. They were they were um, knockabout guys. A lot of them. Uh, there are a few that the odd ones you get that uh, aren't as knockabout. Yeah. But, um, no, they were good boys. So. Have you ever wondered about AFL? Um, the singlet jerseys. Like of all the sports to get their pipes out. AFL is... It's a, you make a good point, the Guernsey. Having, well, and having, it's the coldest place in Australia. Yeah. And they're wearing the singlets. I did. Th- I ha- we have thought that before. Uh, Melbourne actually did it in a nines tournament over in New Zealand one time. The Storm 
wore Guernsey. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't really doesn't really work in league because you get cut up and stuff if you don't protect yourself True. against studs and things. So True. I'm surprised they've never changed it. There are a few players that wear long sleeve jerseys in the AFL. Uh, but yeah, they're, why they're does it have to be singlet or wrist? Yeah, I don't know why they, they cut the sleeves. They, I don't know why it goes straight from singlet to long sleeve. I don't know why you're not Brooks, allowed to Brooks, are you a sports a historian? A sleeve expert? Yeah. I thought you would have it for a sponsor as well. Good point. Like, even if you wanted it to the elbow just to put an Good extra point. logo there to make some money. But seems like it's a bit of a fashion, though. I'm just like, eyeballing this thing and thinking... They have a lot less sponsors on their jersey in general. And their arms, like their arms are in play quite a bit, like above the head. You Could th- be a it's range. like basketball. What, you right? think they need the, the movement? Yeah, 100%. It's a good, it's, no, it is, it makes a good point <laughs> because the jerseys we wear, you can barely get your arm above your head. Yeah, okay. So it's, it is very hard. Maybe the singlet sleeves up, like it, uh, sorry, frees up a little bit of uh, rotator cuff range. Well, if you've got your armpits on show, so a lot of rugby league players say they shave their legs because of strapping tape, but we all know that a lot of them do it for the looks. Yeah. But if your arm, do you shave your armpits if you're playing AFL? Because it would look pretty rank if you're going for a mark of the year and you've just got these big hairy pits. It looks pretty rank show. if you're bald as well, yeah. like a six-year-old boy. So. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe true. Or Clipper. <laughs> Clipper then. Maybe a bit of trimming. <laughs> so you're going in going, you're hey, bald. Tony, give us a four again. <laughs> yeah. Not too short because, you know, I might take a good specky oh. this way. <laughs> yeah, bald. Bald is probably also a bit rank, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon maybe tr- get the scissors through a little bit, clean it up around like so it's not coming out the sides. Uh, I'm not too sure about completely clipping it off. Tex Hoy. Actually, shout out to Tex. So I used to play up at the Newcastle Knights. Yeah. Uh, son of Matt Hoy, uh, yep. pro surfer. surfer. Yep. He's now over at Hull FC, I'm pretty sure, or KR, one of them. Um, he used to shave his armpits till he was 22. There Tex you go. Hoy, random What's... fact. Yeah, yeah, he thought it looked good until uh, family sat him down, had an intervention, and realised <laughs> it didn't look good. <laughs> See, well, in swimming, we've got to, we, we do the full shave down, so you've got to shave your pits. Oh, true. And it's fraught with danger because it's a very uneven surface under the armpits and very mm. soft skin. So, Cut. like a little nick, yeah, you get bad cuts on the on the pits. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A few boys have had um, down in Melbourne have had ringworms under their armpits before. Yeah, there's I, a lot of sweat down there. I don't fully understand what a ringworm is because I haven't come from that world. So. Is it a literal worm that's under your skin, no, or is it like a? It's a rash. It's like think like yeah, okay. eczema. Think yeah. like eczema, but it's just a red ring, and it's itchy, and it flakes, and it's one of the flakes. most contagious things. Yeah, oh. so it gets all flaky. So uh, shout out to Tino Faasul Malaawi of the Titans. <laughs> hey Tino, if you're listening, um, he was now known as the Ring King. Or <laughs> the Ring King, or Lord Lord of the Ring. <laughs> His other name was because he was riddled with ringworm and he passed it through the whole club. How do you? Oh man, how do you prevent um, ringworm if it's really contagious? Showers. So like having. Oh, so regular, it's a cleanliness thing. So, but like, cause cause down there you'd you'd train, uh, you'd run, you'd and then you'd do um, gym and then you'd have wrestling in the Arvo. So some boys just wouldn't shower the whole day oh. until you finish. So um, some of the boys, Harry Grant was another one that was riddled with it. Like having a shower regularly after every exercise, get all the sweat off you and not in your undies. So that's what the doctor said. Like 
get your undies off when you're in the shower because a lot of boys would shower in undies in the locker room. And so they get ringworm in where nah, they wouldn't get it around that region, but just <laughs> he, he seemed to think that the fact that there was you're showering in there, then you're touching your undies to take them off, then you're oh. touching yourself, it had uh, spread it around. Far out. When um, I was at Fox, we were over in Perth for the nines, and one thing that we wanted to do during the broadcast was do the mic up of the players. So we yeah. had a few of the boys, Scotty Drinkwater, who went on to be MVP of the tournament, he had it on for the semis and was this the final. Singlet? Yeah, it was like just a little singlet thing you'd wear under the jersey. I think it had a little chip at the back and a little mic at the front. And um, we'd be taking it off. We'd have to have like a sanitary sort of thing to wash the um, vest on. Because you'd see some of the boys, you'd be like, oh, geez, we're going to double really? dump that one. Yeah, Ringies everywhere. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dirty buggers. I'd never really mm. thought about that. See, swimming is pristine you're actually more clean than a normal person because you're constantly in chlorine yeah chlorine it's basically it's a bad for you chlorine isn't it um it makes your hair go blonde oh it does it? i thought it yeah. made you go bald mm, i don't know not didn't get me but i climmy got him did it okay i don't know if it makes you go bald but you're it makes caps though yeah well i only started wearing a cap towards the back end of my career um, I didn't used to think it was cool when I was younger. Always raced in a cap, but training, I thought it was cool, no cap. Well, you get fashions in swimming as well. Yeah. So actually, I don't know if it caught on because I sort of retired by the end of it, but I wanted to start a fashion where you leave the cords out of your speedos. Oh, okay. So you do a bow and then leave it out. Yeah, it seemed like that really caught on. <laughs> <laughs> a few operators down at Bondi with the cords out. <laughs> Dodgy characters. I think they wear hawkers to the beach. Uh, all right. You're on the run home with uh, Cooper Johns and James Magnuson today. Joel and Fletch gone. Welcome back to the run home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson this afternoon. All talk with Hello Sport returns with new episodes in December. Guests include... Merv Hughes, Brett Lee and Tim Payne all talk with Hello Sport Fridays from 6pm right here on SEN 1170 AM. You're a bit of a Hello Sport. Actually, you were on the show. I was on the show last week, yeah. Well, How was that? It was fun. I was actually out there uh, just checking out their space and then uh, Tom and Eddie suggested there they've got a little man who sort of sits behind yeah. the laptop who they, Dior <laughs> Dave they call him. Yeah. And uh, they said, Dior had uh, COVID. Why are you calling him a little man? <laughs> He's a small man. He's tiny, isn't yeah. he? And, you uh, drop punt him. Yeah, literally. And uh, they called, he had COVID. So they, yeah. when I was out there, they were like, well, you know, it'd be funny if we just put you in Dior's place, but never said it was you and just kept referencing as you as Dior mm. and see what happens. And we did it and it went for like an hour and a half. And then, all of a sudden, all these people were messaging me, was that you dressed up as a Dior? <laughs> Isn't it weird when worlds collide? So I've always, I've just listened to their content naturally, organically. And then I did the show once and have had a few interactions with them. But then when your world collides with what the, the content that you listen to, it gets, it's really strange. Yeah. Like, has, has your dad been hit up a lot since he did uh, Den and Kemp's podcast? Because he's been all over my social media feed and the Hello Sport punters and dribblers all been talking about y your old man on uh, on Bloke in a Bar. Yeah, it's uh, you don't realise how many people are listening, I guess. Like Crazy. a lot of my schoolmates, I was at, uh, out at the Harbord Hilton on the weekend and yep. blokes were coming up to me saying how I was Dior. And there is a, there's a big thing at the moment 
because Dad did the bloke at a bar one with Denon, and he kept calling him Beak. Yeah. So now they're on TikTok and social media. Yeah. There's all these memes of a Beak <laughs> counter, and uh, I think Dad ended up calling him in an hour and a half. Dad called him Beak 41 times. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but <laughs> that was a big thing. I, I didn't. I would have thought because they did the show together. The um, weekend one or the Friday one that he, he would have called him Dennett. Alright, we've got to get to a break. Plenty more to come here on The Run Home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson. It's Cooper Johns and James Magnuson this afternoon. Welcome to our New Zealand listeners joining on SENZ. If you want to have your show throughout your say throughout the show, text double eight double three or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Joel and Fletch SEN. If you missed the first hour, subscribe and listen to the Run Home with Joel and Fletch podcast. You can get that through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, plenty of good content in the first hour, Cooper. Plenty more to come though, because we're going to talk some rugby league now. Uh, it has been a busy day for rugby league news, surprisingly. What are we, December? We're almost Christmas. You'd think it'd be winding down. Big news in the rugby league world. Uh, firstly, Mark Nawonga Nitawase has signed with uh, the Sydney Roosters. Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a huge grab for uh, the Roosters because generally what you see from rugby, rugby league to rugby union converts are, you know, Lottie, Wendell, Marika. Wingers are the easiest position to switch codes between because their role yeah. generally stays the same. And I've seen this bloke play uh, on the World Cup just go on. I know that didn't go very well, but he's a seriously talented dude. How old would he be? Do we know that, Brooks? 23? 23? 24? 23, he's yeah. similar age to you. Did you see him coming through in any school footy or anything? Not really. I used to play union at school. I went yeah. to union school, but um, I didn't see much of him. Um, but he, nonetheless, he is... Looks very, very good. He's been playing outstanding footy. And I think we were talking earlier, I think he's the first uh, covert from in 20 years that's actually left the Wallabies while playing for the Wallabies to come over to the league. You just, you kind of knew um, Nick Politis was getting pretty pissed off about this Swirly E thing. And you just knew he was going to return serve in some form. Yeah. I, so it's I, an eye for an eye. I don't reckon it's done either. I reckon there's another, I reckon there's another couple uh, that are on the hit list of the NRL. Uh, Jordan Pattaya, he's at the Reds. He's a Wallabies player as well. He actually, when I was at Manly this year, came and did a couple of training sessions with us Yeah. in the centres and back row. Serious, he is a seriously talented dude as well. He could easily make the transition over. An eye for an eye will make rugby union blind. <laughs> they would be st- they'd be stinging from this. Oh, they'll be hurt. Good quote. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. It. Well done, mate. Who'd you steal that from? Clip it up, Brooksy. I didn't. I just. I just thought of it. I think that was that was a Gandhi that said that. An eye for an eye will make the whole world blind. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I've stolen that one from Gandhi, but you can you can you can use it if you want it, Brooksy. Um, other news: Kirk Catewell to depart the Broncos. Uh, he's been granted a release from his final year of his contract to join the Warriors. Uh, he's been signed on a three-year deal. Uh, he's played nine Origins, 139 first-grade games, and of course, um, won a premiership with the Panthers before heading to the Broncos. A little surprising that it's immediately, but they did uh, splash a bit of cash on Brendan Piacora and um, who's the other back row there? Jordan Rickey. Jordan Rickey, yeah. So it's not I completely think, surprising. Yeah, it seems like it's it, this is off Kurt's own back. Uh, 
how it seems to me. It's because it's a surprising one from the Warriors. Kurt's an outstanding player, uh, and he'll bring a lot to that squad. But I think the Warriors forward pack at the moment, they are flying. They've had Jackson Ford, and they've had uh, Nia Cora out there. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're both doing an excellent job. I, I struggle to see I, who sort of drops out of that team because they've just signed Jackson Ford long-term as well. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder what they're going to do, whether they put Nia Cora through the middle. Uh, and put Kurt out on that edge. I'm not sure, but... Um, well, even in the middle, you've got Tohu Harris, Fanua Blake. Mitch Barnett got moved into the middle because there wasn't room for him on the edge. Yeah, they've they're, pretty stacked. They're stacked in the forwards. I would have thought maybe there could have been more money to spend on another position. Um, but mm. nonetheless, they know more than me, so... Um, is, is this the start of the Warriors finally having some some power in the player market because for a long time it's been hard for them to attract players probably partly because of their location but also partly because of results on the field yeah is this I, the start i think after the la the year they they just had it's going to become a lot easier for them for the next 5 years to recruit players over there with the form of Sean Johnson uh Charles Nickel Clockstad Wade Egan uh, yeah. and playing with Toe Harris. Now a lot of these guys are getting to that age where they're not the young guys anymore. They're really experienced first graders. So I think they're definitely going to be able to recruit young players uh, to come across. So, yeah, it's definitely... There's a lot more bargaining power and incentive to go over to New Zealand now. So it's been a busy off-season for the Warriors. They've added Capewell, Roger Tuavasa-Shek and Chanel Harris-Tavita to their squad. Uh, plus they've re-signed Tohu Harris, Rocco Berry and Jackson Ford. So that... That squad as a whole starting to form up pretty nicely. Yeah, I think they're if if they weren't ma uh, big premiership, you know, favourites this year, coming into next year they're going to be huge. I just really hope for their sake, uh, Fanua Blake doesn't leave because there's a lot of rumours mm. saying he wants to he wants out, wants to come to Sydney. But I think if he hangs in there one more year, it's going to be really good for the growth of the game in New Zealand. Well, I hope he comes to the Bulldogs, but <laughs> that's a little bit selfish. I, the Warriors are one of those sides where everyone, nobody hates the Warriors. No. Everyone wants to see the Warriors do well. Like, you you always grow up hating maybe a Sydney club or a Queensland club, but nobody hates the Warriors. So it would be great to see them go one step further this season. Uh, teammate of yours has signed on, uh, Hamoli Olakawatu. Uh, he's just secured an eight-year deal with Manly. Uh, the giant back rower has done a deal worth around $8 million Holy over eight years. <laughs> Big bickies. Thanks for Molly. No wonder they couldn't hang on to me. Thanks for Molly. <laughs> um, nah, he deserves it, Molly. He is uh, a freak of a back rower. If he's not the best back rower in the game, he's certainly on his way to being there over the next eight years. So he's definitely worth that sort of money. Uh, he can do every... He can run a good line. He can get the ball early. He can ball play. He's basically got every string to his bow that you mm. want in a back rower. So he's a freak. Can he's, I ask what he's like off the field? Yeah, he's a scary-looking scary, uh, scary guy. Uh, some of his Instagram stories are... Our entertainment. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> he's um, he's a different cat, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a... Because, obviously, he looks like a very scary man. Very scary-looking. neck looking. tattoos. So he's a scary-looking yeah. man. But he has got one of the great senses of humour. Really? Uh, yeah, very funny man, but very dry humour. So uh, you know, he'll you'll do something. He'll put he'll hang shit on everyone. Uh, he's very vocal in the locker rooms, dancing, loves his music, which you wouldn't expect. But um, he's really good for team morale. And uh, yeah, definitely not what he looks like because he's very funny. Yeah, very scary looking man. Do you think there's any danger in these eight year deals? Um, Joel Kane speaks about it a lot on this show. When when you get a player who's 
a big physical impact type player who well, who basically relies on physicality, whether that be strength or speed, these long-term deals means that they've got to be at their peak physically for eight years. And, and sometimes that's just not possible. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good, it's a good observation, good question, because obviously he is a player that relies on his physicality and throughout your years, the more years you play in the game, the less you might, you have to evolve. Yeah. You, know, you have to evolve. You have to become more, you see it with a lot of back rollers where they go from being a real ball runner into a bit of a ball player. Yep. Uh, you see it with, you know, your Glenn Stewart's and stuff. They're True. very physical early on in their career and then they have to rely more on their smarts and their ball playing to create for other people. But I think even if he does lose that physicality, whether it be through injury or age, I think Hamole's got that but that string to his bow where he can yeah. you know, change the aspect of his game and they can use him in a different way, whether it be as a decoy or whether giving him early and he can play shapes off him. Yeah, I like it. Well, good signing for Manly. Uh, in other signing news, the West Tigers have lost Sean Bloor to the Melbourne Storm. Uh, he was originally going to be swapped with Justin Olam. That hasn't eventuated as yet. But I find that weird seeing that... Uh, I know Justin didn't have his best year last year, but... A lot of the reports coming out saying that they've been wanting to, they've been offering him to other clubs. I find that very obscure from the Storm because he's done such a good job for the last three or four years for him. Yeah, well, it may, it, it may not necessarily be gospel because it hasn't been done yet. Mm. So the, the Storm have signed Sean Bloor for 2025. Um, they're always a bit awkward, those deals. Do you, do you think as a player that's awkward knowing that you're leaving the next year? I don't think so because I think it's it's just the way it is. It's it's been like that from the start. I know um, Brandon Smith last year when we were at Melbourne, he signed in November for the yeah. Roosters. And he got himself in a little bit of trouble as yeah, well. That was awkward because he went on a podcast and uh, probably said some things about the storm and yeah. wrapped wrapped up the Roosters really highly, <laughs> uh, which didn't go down very well at the club. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, after... That's the way it is in rugby league. There's a, it is a soap proper of a game. There's a lot of yeah. drama. So these things blow over pretty quick. I remember the first day he came in, it was very tense between you know everybody in there. It was it was an awkward topic, but after a week, everyone was making jokes about it and putting shit on him. So uh, okay. these things That's kind of right, tend then. to just boil over. Yeah. How's he doing in Sydney? Have you, do you catch up with him much? I catch up with him. I caught up with a little coffee with him just before I came on this, actually. Uh, he's going very well. He's... he's uh, he found it very hard. I seen him talking on um, the radio the other day, talking about his transition from Melbourne to Sydney. Yeah. And I found it as well, just the the bombarding media that you receive here uh, if your team's not going good. Especially they were premiership favourites going into the season yeah. last year. And a lot of that was on him. He signed a big, yep. a big deal. Um, and he knows he didn't play as good as he wanted to that f- the first half of the season. And he got hurt. Um, so he just... Was uh, you know he's still getting used to that Sydney media. He's not used to it down in Melbourne. You get away with whatever you want. So I think he's definitely going to be better off, and I reckon he's going to have a really good year this year. He's done a pretty good job, well, to my knowledge thus far, of staying out of the media for the wrong reasons. When he announced he was moving to Bondi, I just thought, ooh, there's potential for problems there. But he's kept a clean slate. He has. He's kept himself yeah. very clean actually. Uh su- very surprising to me as well. I thought uh, I thought I'd be seeing him on the front page a few times this yeah. year. But uh no, nah, a lot of it's just been football related, which has been good. Uh he's a he's a very int- he doesn't look like it, Missile, <laughs> and sometimes he doesn't market himself like <laughs> it, but he's he's very intelligent. Yeah, like, okay. Very book smart yeah. and holds information really well. Recall stories from years and years ago, so um 
He's he's very smart between the ears. He just doesn't like to let people know it sometimes. That helps. Now, I, I just wanted to let you know about something, Cooper. Our, our listeners will be tuned into this. I was on this show last week, and Brian Fletcher said to me, it is a joke how many players are signing or being linked with the Bulldogs. They can't possibly afford any more players. It's a joke. This is... This is a Roosters man saying this. <laughs> I'd like to know what Fletch thinks now about a Wallabies player signing for the Roosters <laughs> to, go, to go along with their other wingers, Daniel Tupu and Dom Young. Surely he also at the club. I mean, Fletch, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, maybe they've got some salary cap left over for, from Suwali'i signing over. Uh, if they had... I don't even know if they have a salary cap. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure at all. Uh, or maybe they're all taking unders to try to win a premiership. I thought at first Fletcher was taking the piss, Brooksy, when he's said how fed up he is with players going to the Bulldogs and, you know, how can they possibly afford any more players? I thought it was a piss take, but he's genuine, isn't he? It was surprising. I thought I was laughing, like laughing along with him as I do. <laughs> and it was like, oh, he's actually serious here. <laughs> and he put an embargo the next episode that we can't talk about Bulldog signings really? on the show. He's that passionate about it. Oh, really? I will say on Fletcher's, the amount of announcements I have seen the last three months from the Bulldogs... They yeah. must have 40 players signed. Yeah. They're, they're signing anybody who's been let go by any club. They just signed, snatched them right up. So Yeah. Well, in the top 30 squad, I think they've got something like 29 utilities, one front rower. So it'll be interesting to see how they roll out that 17 next year. A lot of utilities at the Bulldogs. Now, um, young Connor Tracy, who's signed with them, it's talk he's going to miss the first six weeks um, of the NRL rounds. Yeah, that's uh, that's disappointing. But Connor... Do you reckon they found out that day he was signed for the Bulldogs and they just put a target on his head yeah. and just they just pumped re- him at training? Yeah, going through his knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about Connor Tracy, though. He is a heart, like, he won't miss the ball missing the first six weeks. He's one of those guys that'll come, he could be, he could miss the whole preseason and he'd come back fit as a fit. Oh, he's like, fit. he's yeah. just one of those guys that's naturally fit, but he's got a real high work rate, so he'll be working real hard. Those people are a bit frustrating in pre-season, aren't they? That yeah. are just fit to start pre-season. Yeah. And you just look at, oh, they, you know, you do your skin folds or whatever that first day, and they're at race weight, and There's you just a... look at them and go, do you have a life? Like, what have you been doing yeah. in the off-season? Harry Grant was, and the thing I hated about Harry, because he was my roommate, so I'd be, I was not, not as fit as him, so I'd always, I'd try to be training, training, running to keep on top of it. Um... But Harry wouldn't be, and he'd do maybe one run before and then win the whole yo-yo test, beat everyone. He'd get, like, 19 something and flog everyone. And then he'd be that guy in the locker room going, it's so weird because, like, I haven't even trained. (laughs) (laughs) That's very frustrating. There's one of those in every team, squad, sport, always. I feel like it'd be, like, it'd be the girl in the teen years that are going, it's so weird. I've I've been eating whatever I want and I just, and not putting weight on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're on the run home with James Magnuson and Cooper Johns. Welcome back to the run home with Joel and Fletch, James Magnuson and Cooper Johns today. Uh, Cooper, I have a business proposition for you. And the uh, intro song. By I don't the know. Of yeah. <laughs> how um, I don't know how recognisable that is. <laughs> when I started playing, I didn't. Really, that's that's the Shark Tank music for those that don't know. Um, shout out Janine from Boost Juice. Um, I have a, I have a business idea for you. Okay. Now, I think. 
given uh, the lay of the land, uh, I think that you should live stream behind a paywall, live stream family Christmas this year. I would pay, I would pay to see Christmas at the Johns's just 2023 edition. Okay, okay. Now, are you saying get a, getting a sponsor on board for this? Potentially, and obviously we're going to need someone on a camera, so they'll have to give up their Christmas day. Or we could we could rig up the room with GoPros and yeah, it could yeah, it could uh, be like an undercover one because obviously there's a bit that's gone on in the John's family household. But well, a little update is it. Is the hatchet buried? Are we Are you still... talking about with Joey? Yeah, with Joey and well, Joey. Maddie. Joey doesn't come. We won't see him on Christmas. He won't come. No, he won't come. Oh, it's not. It's not that close to being resolved yet. Where he's going to come over for Christmas? Oh, you're kidding? No, nah, not yet. It hasn't. They, there hasn't been words spoken yet. So um, I don't think it's going to get solved. In so he would. He wouldn't even come and see your your grandma and grandpa for Christmas. Well, here's a shock for you. We won't even be seeing them either. <laughs> so they're not picking a side. No, nah, well, we just don't do family Christmases. It'll just be me, uh, Trish, and Matthew and my partner because Jack's heading over to London. So okay. Well, that's probably not going to do a lot of pay-per-view buys. No, nah, well, you never know. <laughs> Maybe Missile and Rose can come over. And <laughs> Bump up those numbers. <laughs> Get the keys in the bowl. Oh, okay. So Uncle Joey not coming to Christmas. Well, that wrecks that idea. That's <laughs> Janine shall not be buying that Shark Tank idea. Uh, just on your Uncle Joey, I was going for a run... Must have been about a month ago now. Yep. And ran past Clovelly Oval. And I saw Joey training with uh, a player, I think, you know, I was going past at such speed that it was hard to make out. <laughs> but I think it might have been Luke Metcalf. Okay. Does that sound right? Yeah. Does he have to do a little bit of one-on-one coaching outside of Clubland? That, that surprises me. Luke Metcalf's at the Warriors. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. So it surprises me that he'd even... When, how long ago was this? A month? Oh, Maybe he, a bit more than a month. Well, Luke is a Cronulla junior, so yeah. he was probably back in the area and he may have just got in contact and asked to do a little bit of stuff. Sometimes that happens. Would Dad, that be paid? Probably not paid, unless the Warriors got in touch and said, oh, mate, we want to send Luke over there. And then that way, Joey would loves a cashew, so he probably would have... Uh, sent an invoice their way. That's what I was trying to figure out. As, as It got in my head as I was running past. Is this a paid or would this be? And then I was thinking, what would a one-on-one session with Andrew Johns cost? Well, I can tell you from experience, Missile, I've done a couple of sessions with him and then 12 months later, uh, when I was thinking I'm getting a birthday letter, it's actually an invoice for about two, <laughs> for about two and a half grand. So yeah, there you go. Half an hour with him will probably cost that for your time. And he's robbed a lot of clubs of that sort of invoice money because <laughs> he's just about coached every half at every club in the last 20 years. It's a mixed success. Yeah, he has. He, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've had some interesting ones over the years of um, businessmen or high flyers asking me to do one-on-one um, coaching for their kids. Sometimes, like, big swingers... Uh, in the business world have asked me to come and do like a one-on-one um, coaching with their kid just for their school carnival because they oh, want to yeah. win the school swimming carnival. That's a bit intense. Do it's they intense, isn't it? Paid gig, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Big you, bickies. You would do nothing for free. I'm not a, no, so, I'm not a freebie guy. Do you yeah. guarantee ribbons? Um, well, how, like, how let's easy turn those it? greens into blues. Yeah, how easy is it to, to like l- teach someone swimming? It's... 
you know what? The the worse they are, the better upturn I can probably get from one one session. Yeah. If they're going, if they're trying to go from maybe state finalist to state champion, then I'm going to need more than one lesson. But if they're if they're pretty bad, then I, I can get some results. But the one, the the most recent one I did, uh, the kid won. Uh, he he would have done half a dozen lessons with me, and so I was I was enjoying the. Uh, the fruits of my labour. It was a good pay packet. And I thought, oh, now he's won his school carnival. He'll go on to the next level and this gig will roll out for, you know, the foreseeable future. And uh, the dad contacted me and said, yeah, you know, my young fella won, won his school carnival, really happy with it. Um, all done. Job done. Do you celebrate like Dean Boxall when you hear those stories? No. Like you grab a fence and start trusting? <laughs> no, I was hoping the gig was going to continue. So I was be like, oh. So is he going to the next level? No, he's not really that into swimming. He just wanted to win the school carnival. Oh, what? Like, oh, sweet. That seems yeah. like an obscure thing to want to do unless you're going to kick on. Like, why would you make your dad... And I assume you're very expensive. Yeah, expensive. And he'd... <laughs> he'd, he'd, uh, he'd so I just got a phone call and picked up, hey, uh, said, oh, I'm looking to get um, some swim lessons for my son. I said, oh, no, sorry, wrong person. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Said, oh, just so you know, like I'm willing to, you know, willing to pay. What would it cost? And I thought at the time, I thought I'm just going to throw out an exorbitant number and just scare him off because I don't want to do it. It's not, it's, it's not, I'm not passionate about that. Yeah. And it can be a bit awkward, like one on one. And the parents always think their kids are good swimmers, and then the reality is often quite different. So it's it's a little bit awkward. So I threw out a big number, and he just goes, "Yep, no worries. We'll book this, this, and this day over the next two weeks." And then as, as he said, I was like, ah, should we do, like, how high could I have oh. gone here? Like, what's the limit <laughs> on this thing? And then he rocks up in a Lamborghini um, with the kid to the, the first swimming lesson. And I knew straight away, should have gone higher. Well, do you want to disclose that number? On mm, the... It's an off-air number. But, um, <laughs> he, yeah, but, but that's happened a few times. So when I, all I could think about was, well, what's Andrew John's number for, you know, how, how it could... Could this same guy call Andrew Johns and say, my son wants to captain the, uh, the rugby team at this private school. Can we get some one-on-one? I can't, I can't imagine he'd do it. I don't, think he's yeah. got, I don't think he's got the patience for that. He's barely got the patience for NRL players. Like he, um, when, when I was at Manly, he was, doing all, he was the halves coach at Manly then, one of many. And um, he, I was in the under 16, so it was 16s, 18s, tw- 20s, and the first grade. So we had like. Who were the first grade halves at that time? Ches and Kieran Foran. So oh, well, Daly, yeah. Don't really need any coaching. No, but they did. They, would, <laughs> <laughs> they did it anyway. Yeah. And uh, he would basically, it was an hour and a half of Joey, us watching Joey like. At this stage, his body was still sort of in nick to be able to kick and stuff. So he, yeah. was, he would put torpies up. And just have us all watch him kick torpies. <laughs> and then he'd say outlandish things like, that's why there's only eight of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to divulge anything, but now you've said it. What I saw when I was driving past was Joey running crossfield, putting grubbers in while this guy was watching him. So yeah. <laughs> it kind of checks out. It's almost like a confidence thing for Joey now. He, he compares himself and seeing the kid that he's teaching being worse than him <laughs> gives him a lot of gratification. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. All right, we've got to get to the news. Uh, you're on the run home live from Moor Park Golf Course. Visit the Estrella Dam pop-up bar at the Moor Park driving range every Friday to Sunday. 
Welcome back to The Run Home, coming to you live from Moore Park. The Run Home with Joel and Fletcher's thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. And MFP Easy voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. We are now on YouTube. Search Joel and Fletch and subscribe. All right, it's time now for the Schnitz Sports Shupdate. It's a Schnitz Schnugget Sports Schnupdate. Got that winning taste right now? Schnitz. Handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh, made just for you. All right, overnight, uh, Cooper, we had the GQ Man of the Year Awards. Uh, Nathan Cleary won one of them. I'm just going to get up for you some of the fashion. I wanted to go through some of the fashion with you. There's some pretty wacky outfits. Um, so Nathan Cleary, obviously, uh, looking dapper. Kind of a velour jacket, no tie though. No tie. I don't. I don't mind that. Suits, yeah. Suits. You know, out in Western Sydney, you don't need to get the tie on. Yeah. So he's probably he's bringing a bit of Western Fair Sydney enough. into the uh, GQ. I don't know how they would have felt about it. Well, he was there on his own. No Mary Fowler belt by his side, but she's mid-season. So a lot of lot of rumours going on about those two. All right, this bloke. Uh, his name is Kanan. Uh, not a hundred percent sure what Kanan does with himself. So Kanan has gone for our listeners, um, brown pants, baggy pants, a white jacket, and then like a cutout t-shirt, which basically looks like a bra. Thoughts on Kanan's outfit? And, oh, it, and yeah. it's, it's chain mail. I like it. Plus, plus he's got uh, a snail trail hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like, I, you know what? I'm a fan of it. It's different. You'd wear that? I wouldn't wear it. I couldn't pull it, <laughs> I couldn't pull so it off. So you think Kanan's pulling it off? I reckon Kanan is. Yeah. He's a good-looking bloke. Like, he can pull that off. Not many people could. Yeah. Well, I'm not going that. No, no way. No, no, You couldn't get pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, <laughs> I might be getting a bit old, but that is... He, I mean, he looks like... He looks a, like a fruity guy. He looks like a model of sorts, doesn't he? You reckon he's modelled? Oh, he'd, yeah. He'd have to be a model. Look at him. He'd have to be his... Yeah, that's a model. I mean, he's got to be a model. Well, I hope for his sake he's a model. Uh, other notable outfits. Uh, Do we have any other awards? Do we know what the other awards were? Yeah, I'll, I'll get them up on on the story. So Troy Savan has gone with um, the suit with shorts, which is becoming popular these days. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? It was at the races this year. Oh, I'm not sure about that. He's got the long socks as well with some sneakers, yeah. sneakers it looks like. I'm not a massive fan of that. Uh yeah, I'm not too sure. It kind of looks a little bit like a dentist. <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure about the white with the black. You know, yeah. he's, got the, he's got all white suit on, black long socks into a black shoes. So I'm not too sure about that. I feel like stick with one colour. I'm more of a one colour kind of suit guy, you know? Yeah, okay. I'm trying to find what who got what awards. Um, Nathan Cleary won, but must have been Sports Person of the Year, I'm assuming, was it Brooksy? Yep. Yes. Thumbs up. And uh, Matilda's got Team of the Year. So the Matildas get Team of the Year at the GQ Men of the Year Awards. Was it Men of They're the getting, Year Awards? Yeah, it's Men of the Year Awards. And this is, so apparently in America, the GQ Men of the Year was Kim Kardashian. Oh, really? So again, I mean, the, the lines are blurred, right? It's 2023, the lines are blurred. Um, you're a brave person to make a, a call on who or, who or what someone is. But um, you remember Caitlyn Jenner won Female of the Year internationally as a, after her first year as a female. And I feel like now they're just trying to level the playing field. So Kim Kardashian gets Man of the Year. 
Yeah, I'm not in sure. America. I feel like they just need to rephrase it into just GQ uh, Person of the Year. Yeah, Wouldn't Person they, of the Year. I don't know why it, it, it need, would need the Man of the Year title. Sorry, Miss Lowe, while you were talking, I'm just looking. We're, we're at the uh, Moor Park Golf Club. Is that Sam Walker over there putting, putting balls into that? Over there to the left. Or is that just the most Sam look at Walker look-alike of all time? <laughs> I don't think... Nah, that's not Sam Walker. We need to get a picture of that <laughs> and chuck that on the Instagram. Because if, if that bloke's not Sam Walker, I don't know who is. Um, yeah, so just on... Uh, well, the, the other thing with the GQ is called... GQ stands for the Gentleman's Quarterly. Oh, does it? Yeah. So when they named the Matilda just the team of the year, like if if that's an Australian team of the year for any other awards, I say yeah, absolutely. But the, the Man of the Year awards confuses me. Um, I've got him here. GQ right. Man of the Year, Troy right. Sivan. Yep. Women what of he, film. He was the Man of the Year. He's the Man of the Year. What's a Troy Sivan song? Can you hum one for us? I, don't, oh, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, women of film, Riley Keough and Gina Gamel. International sensation Noah Beck, social force Robert Irwin. Oh, what's good Noah on. Beck do? If he's a, uh, I know the name. He's a TikTok uh, kind of the TikTok. Yeah, influences. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, we've got breakthrough musician of the year Eddie Benjamin. We've got team of the year Matildas. Adam, uh, Aussie icon Adam Briggs. Is that Briggs the rapper? Yep. Uh, we've got sportsman of the year Nathan Cleary. Model of the year Beautiful. James Parr. Creative force Dion Lee. Artist of the year Otis Hope Carey. Actor of the year Zoe Tarakis. Breakthrough Actor of the Year, Sam Reckner. Solo Artist of the Year, Dom Dollar. Breakthrough Sportsman of the Year, Now they're Reece just Walsh. making up, they've made up, oh, it was Reese Walsh. Breakthrough Sportsman of the Year. Oh, that's a good one. I just want to read out, Pedro the Rooster sent through a text just to confirm, I'm a bloke and have won jack shit. Uh, shout out to Pedro. Who, <laughs> he's probably the only person that didn't get an award at the GQ Awards yeah. last night. Some of those awards oh. sound made up, Brooksy. Did you just? No. How many it. awards are there? You've just 15. read out a dozen, 15 awards. See, I think there should be, I reckon I could, what do you reckon? I could get that down to probably four. Yeah, I feel. Man like... of the Year, which is the big gong. Yeah. Sportsman, actor, yeah. singer. The yeah. artist of the year could be a few of them that put could, together. Yeah, it could be. Like the actor, the model. Yeah, that could be all those departments Model of the Year. One, yeah. Who was the model of the year? It was James Parr. Oh, yeah, he's a good, good well looking above. guy, James. Is he? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and what was Noah Beck? He's got that look. Uh, Noah Beck International. was, yes. International sensation. That's uh, made up. Is there any other sportsmen that could have beat Nathan Cleary? You reckon is he is he head, head and tails above everyone else? Oh, good question. Any other sports that could have potentially taken it? Because that, that's very rugby league's focus with yeah. Reese Walsh and Nathan Cleary. It is. It is. I mean, who are the standouts in the AFL this year? So, um, Collingwood won. So, like a Nick Dacos? Yeah. Could have been a Nick yes. Dacos. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised um, that he hasn't won three straight, though. That's true. Uh, true. Cleary was a standout. Yeah, Cleary was. Is there any individual sports that have been? Well, Not really. No. Not particularly. Cameron Smith, golf. Josh Giddy. Josh, yeah, probably leave that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no. The Ashes was good. <laughs> yeah, it could have been Glenn Maxwell. Maxi. He was, what a great innings. Could have been, could have, like, realistically, could have been Pat Cummins just off captaincy. Yep. Have you, you Actually, sh- sorry, the team of the year, the Australian team retains the Ashes, wins the... Uh, ODI the, World the, Cup. The ODI World Cup and, and the, the Test, Test Championship. Championship. Did yeah. you guys see that um, Pat Cummins come out with his own alcohol yesterday? 
started his own one. Really? Did I say he started his own cider business? Cider? Yeah. Ask me what he called it. <laughs> what did he call it? Come and cider. <laughs> Let's take a break. Welcome back to The Run Home. You're listening through SEN. We're down here at Moore Park. Uh, that last segment got a little dicey there, but lucky the break saved us, I reckon. The text line has absolutely lit up, Cooper, um, <laughs> with the Pat Cummins. Um, you brand of alcohol. A little bit of sport. This is what we do. We, we get a little bit loose, but we, we bring it back. Yeah, yeah. Back to sport. <laughs> back to EPL. Here we go. Back to EPL. Uh, Man United have defeated Chelsea 2-1 at Old Trafford. Aston Villa 1 defeat Man City 0 at Villa Park. City are now without a win in four games. They were the Premier League champions last so year. So they've won five of the last six titles since Pep Guardiola got there. Um, this are you is... death riding them? Of course you are. Yeah. You know, it's the same as the Panthers now. No one wants to see them do four straight. Do you have an EPL team, Cooper? I'm Man United. Man United. Yeah. Well, you should so be. So it's like a band. That's like a bandwagon. When you're yeah. a kid, they were good. Well, I only jumped on them like last year. They played at really? uh, at the MCG last year against. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I managed to have a hot spa with Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandez. Right. Uh, just that I was in there doing recovery, and they walked in with their two security guards. Oh. And don't worry, the security guards barely let me within two feet of him. Really? They would not let me near him, yeah. But um, I was speaking broken English to both of them because Fernandez is Portuguese. Ah. Yeah. Um, do you think the EPL players get ringworm? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or, it sounded like ringworm. Nah, central. When they, they're that rich, do you think they'd just... Do you know what's funny about the soccer players? So this is probably why we get ringworm and they don't. So when we go into the ice bath shower section, because we share it with everyone, they wear um, thongs and, and slides. Yeah. So they protect themselves from germs, whereas we go in there barefoot and we're all getting tinea and ringworm. And ah, stuff. is tinea still around? It's still uh, kicking? Yeah, it's still around. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> as a kid, mum used to say to me, when I was going to shower in a public you know, bathroom or whatever at the pool, make sure you wear thongs. Yeah. But then I actually, I couldn't tell you what Tinia looks like either. I thought that was a bit of a myth because as soon as I left home and then I moved to Sydney to swim, we never wore thongs to ice baths, saunas, showers, nothing. Yeah, well, Tinia looks like it's all like dead skin. It starts eating away all the skin under your, in between your toes and stuff. So it's just all flaky and like mm. dead in there. Gaz got, Gary and Gail Johns used to uh, own a caravan up at Fingal Bay. Shout out to Gaz and Gail if they listen. Good part of the world. Well, great part. Shout out to Gary. Uh, probably having a schooner up there now. But he uh, used to, they had a like communal shower block and toilet yeah. block. Yeah. So you'd take your toilet roll and everything up there. And Gaz would always, from a young age, would go out there in these thongs and he'd go in there and taught us about the uh, wonderful world of Tinia. And I didn't believe it until I went to Melbourne and then for a brief stint I had Tinia from it. Yeah, okay. From Fingal Bay. Not from Fingal Bay. From, ah. from not showering in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Uh, Fulham 5 defeated Nottingham Forest nil. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> Brighton 2 defeated Brentford 1. Uh, Maestro, can you give us a quick wrap? What's the lay of the land at the moment? Tottenham's obviously still there or about, but... Coming back to the pack a little bit. Massive game for them tomorrow morning against West Ham. This is the first game they've been favourites in probably for about three weeks. You could probably put the one at the start of that run. I can't remember off the top of my head who they were playing, but they've had tough outings the last couple against Aston Villa and Manchester City. So West Ham at home is a game they're expected to win. Ange needs to... He got some of that momentum back, getting a 3 all draw on the weekend with City. Um, but 
needs the three points against West Ham. Still has a lot of injuries. Um, the wheels have come off a little bit, but the thing about Ange, he, he's seen it all before. There's, yeah. there's nothing rattling him about being in England or you know the size of the job or anything like that. And the fact he got the fans on side at the start has just helped his case immensely. The fact that they're still backing him even after a run of four games without a win tells you everything you need to know. The style of football they're playing has been entertaining, um, even when they're not winning games. And, you know, that softens the blow a little bit. Eventually, they'll catch yeah. up with you. But when you yeah. do have a run of three or four weeks where things aren't going to plan, you you have got that to fall back on. Whereas perhaps their last two managers, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, two big names in, in world football... Less personable. Well, they haven't exactly <laughs> had that to fall back on, as yeah. well as Ange's personality, so, which a lot of the media have loved. Uh, what is a successful season now for Tottenham? They started so well that everyone started believing maybe they could win it, but realistically, that's probably um, a bridge too far. Mm. What, what's a good season for Ange now? Is it qualifying for the Champions League? Spot, or? On. Spot yep. on. That should be the aim. Uh, I'd so be very four. surprised if privately that wasn't the goal he set um, before the season. Because Would the fans squad turn is a, on him if he didn't make the top four? No, I don't think so. Unless they went on a, a really bad run and finished outside sort of the top seven or eight and yep. suddenly you're starting to lose a lot of games on the trot, then, then there might be a turn against him. But if he gets support in January when the transfer window opens as well, He'll stock up with a couple of players that'll just add to that depth a little bit, and they'll be they'll be away. I I, I think they're a great shout to finish in the top four. Have they got that sweet sweet Harry Kane money up their sleeve? Exactly, they yeah, exactly. They've got that as well. And Daniel Levy, who's their chairman, is known as a he's rather frugal with his money, but I think having seen what Andrew's done, he'll be he'll be keen to back him in the transfer window because Kane's transfer was so late that they didn't get to spend any of it really uh, before the start of the season. So when does when can they spend it? January 1. That's the opening Ooh. of the transfer window. So he's got a couple of weeks need? left. They need probably an out-and-out number nine. Son Heung-min's done a good job up there. Um, he needs a couple of midfielders and a couple of centre-backs would be would be nice. So there's a shopping list there. But, uh, well, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's the rugby league spine. It really is. It's the spine of the team. Can I can I give my own update? Yeah. Uh, this is one that I'm following, Cooper. I don't know if you've watched this. Wrexham FC are sitting second in Football League 2. Mm. So how many teams go up from there, Maestro? Uh, so top two will go up, and then the third, from third down to sixth, play in the playoffs, which they've qualified through. But, uh, they actually got beaten in the National League playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah. But they'll, they'll be confident, I think, that they can finish top two. Love that. All right, you're on the run home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson. You're on the run home with Joel and Fletch, thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai Kona 2023 SUV sale is on now. Uh, All Talk with Hello Sport returns with new episodes in December. Guests include Merv Hughes, Brett Lee, and Tim Payne. All talk with Hello Sports Fridays from 6 p.m. right here on SEN 1170 AM. A bit more to come in the final hour, Cooper. Uh, do you like your soccer? Mate, love my soccer. Beautiful. We've got Ryan Grant from Sydney FC. Do you like your tennis? Mate, love my tennis. Well, funny you say that because I've got uh, Wally Masur lined up. He's going to talk to us about uh, all things tennis. The Australian Open just around the corner. I want to ask you about Nick Kyrgios. I'm a big Kyrgios man. Where is he? What's yeah. he been doing? I don't know what he's doing. I'm curious about Kyrgios. We're into the final hour of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. 
Welcome to listeners on the SEN track stations across New South Wales, Queensland and the ACT. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search Joel and Fletch SEN and subscribe today. I'll be interested to know, Cooper, what Brooksy's going to clip up from today's show and put on the, uh, on the YouTube. Whether it be the, the Pat Cummins uh, new alcohol brand... It's already up. <laughs> Ten uh, likes. <laughs> the caller of the week uh, this week will get a $1,000 red smoke alarm household pack. Think red smoke alarms. Think 10-year warranty. Think Australian-owned. Think www.redsmokealarms.com.au. All right. You said you're a tennis man, Cooper. Uh, you've got a bit of tennis coming up. You're going to be uh, attending some tennis events. So what I've done is I've lined up tennis commentator and legend Wally Masur and he joins us on the line now. Wally, welcome to the run home. Hello, Wally. Hello, Wally. Are you you hearing me? Yes, we got you now, Wally. (laughs) Must be a poor poor service there in the driving range. You're the driving range up at Narrabeen, is that right? I'm at Narrabeen driving range, yes, but it is terrible service. Yeah, okay, we're at a driving range ourselves actually at Moore Park, so we might have to uh, share the blame there. Uh, All right. There's been a bit of tennis on recently, the Davis Cup. Uh, Australia fell just short against Italy. Uh, Yannick Sinner has been the star at the back end of 2023, and he looks like a big threat heading into the Australian Open. Yeah, look, I think, you know, obviously Carlos Alcaraz is someone to watch out for. And I think what's interesting about them is that they're playing an all-court game. So to try to beat Novak Djokovic from the back of the court seems almost impossible. You've got to you've got to have a few dimensions, and it seems the likes of Sinner and Alcaraz have got those dimensions. Uh, And then we've got a big summer of tennis here in Australia, Uh, the United Cup. Now, can you explain to us where the United Cup fits in the uh, the international tennis schedule? Okay, so first week of the year, uh, basically 18 teams. Uh, Australia obviously is playing with Demon, Alex Diminar and Isla Tomjanovic. Novak Djokovic will be in town. So it starts on the 29th of December. There'll be nine teams in Perth, nine teams in Sydney. They'll come together for the last three days in Sydney for the finals. And uh, so basically it's a men's match. It's a women's match followed by a mixed doubles. So think of the opportunity to represent your country and probably one of the strengths of tennis is men and women can play in the same event and you end up with a mixed doubles to decide the tie. So, yeah, pretty exciting. And Australia's actually got a really strong team too. Who we got? Who would be the favourite as well while you're on that as well, Wally? Well, any time Novak Djokovic plays for Serbia, he's kind of a favourite for me, but it might be hard to go past the USA. Taylor Fritz and Jess Pagula, both top 10 players. Greece are very good. They'll be starting off in Sydney. That's... Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, who plays really well when he represents his country, and he's playing with Maria Sakari. So they're both top 10 players too. So pretty hard when you've got two top 10 players in your team to go past them. So, you know, Greece, you've got to look out for, definitely look out for the USA. But I have a feeling, you mentioned the Davis Cup, and Alex Dimonar played so well in the Davis Cup. He really plays well when he represents his country. He's a very hard man to beat in Australia. Look for him to do well at the Australian Open too, but... I think Australia got a great chance because we've actually got Storm Hunter and Matt Ebden, who are ranked one and four in doubles, respectively, in the world. So we've got a pretty handy mixed doubles team in the wings. Uh, Wally, I, I watched the uh, the Netflix doco uh, Breakpoint um, with the tennis, and there's one thing that I realised after watching that doco: tennis needs Nick Kyrgios. They need 
a big headline. They need a bad boy, particularly in Australia now that Ash Barty's retired. Where is Nick? What's he? Is he going to be turning out for Australia this year? Is he going to play the Australian Open, or, or what's going on there? Look, I'm not sure. He basically has had a series of injuries. It started off with a knee at the beginning of the year, and then midway through the year, he went over and tried to play the grass court season June, July, and he had a wrist problem, and that's been ongoing. So I really can't give you any insight into when he'll take the court competitively. My gut feeling is it might be a little later than the Australian Open, but I just don't know for certain. Yeah. Hey, um, on just while we're on Curios, I did read an article that you... Uh, or some words that you had to say about Nick. Everybody always watch, looks at his talent and uh, you think he's definitely got the talent to win big comps like the Open. What has is, what is someone like Nick got to do to be more consistent and uh, to win those comps? Well, I, you know, this might sound a bit weird, but he's, he's an unusual combination of size, strength, he's got touch, and he actually understands the game. You know, he doesn't just hit tennis balls. He actually knows how to play tennis. Um, in some respects, I think Nick's just got to be a little easier on himself. He, he, it's almost like he expects so much and demands so much and he gets so disappointed when it doesn't quite play out the way he thinks. He's almost his own harshest critic. Um, and, and sport's tough. You know, the great players like Roger Federer, he's lost nearly 300 times in his career. I think Novak Djokovic has only won 56% of all the points he's ever played. It's a... You know, it's a game of fine margins. And, you know, sometimes I think Nick's almost a little bit too hard on himself. And, hey, you win a few, you lose a few, just keep plugging away because he's got the game to win majors. We know that. Uh, Maybe he's training too hard. (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Hey, hey, Wally, uh, United Cup tickets are available from $40 at unitedcup.com or ticketmaster.com.au. Cooper's got some tickets. Uh, Where... where would those tickets be for Cooper? Where are you going? Where are you headed? Don't I? Don't, they're in, they're in, I know they're in Sydney, Wally. Uh, what are we yep. at Homebush? What then. should I expect uh, for this? Do you, are you? Have you got anything well, to the do good, with the it? The good news is, Cooper, you've got a stadium with a roof, so it'll be very pleasant. Uh, you mm. can have a few beers and watch. I'm pleased at the pricing. That seems very reasonable. I think it's a hundred dollars for a family pass, so the pricing seems reasonable. And you'll see absolute world-class tennis in Australia in the first week of the year. You'll see a bunch of top 10 tennis players. You'll see most likely in the finals, Novak Djokovic, uh, the Australian team of Diminar and Isla Tomjanovic. Uh, I think it's a great way to kick off the season. And look, for some people who get to Melbourne, that's great. But if you're only in Sydney, this is where you'll get to see them. All right, well, that'll be a bit of a warm-up, Cooper, for the Australian Open, although there's $15 million uh, in prize money, 15 not 50 uh, But the main event, the Australian Open, uh, Wally, Naomi Osaka is going to return um, from maternity leave. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And um, that's Caroline Wozniacki is back after having a couple of kids, and this gives me hope that maybe Ash Barty, after having a child, will come back too. I think she left a few grand slams on the table, but we'll wait and see what the future holds. But no, that's right. Um, A few players have taken time away from the tour to have a family. And uh, of course, that's, uh, you know, that's going to happen on the female circuit. But great to see them back. And uh, Caroline Wozniacki was already in unbelievable form at the uh, US Open, I should say. So she'll be ready to go. And I assume Naomi Osaka is doing the hard work right now as we speak to be ready for the AO because I, I get the feeling it's going to be a long, hot summer. 
Perfect. Well, I'm seeing some parallels here because we're hoping our man on today's show, Cooper Johns, is going to return to the rugby league field after popping out a few kids himself, Ollie. So a um, lot of similarities there. Uh, thanks for joining us on the run home and uh, good luck at the driving range. Hope you're seeing him straight. Well, I actually I actually said, I, I bumped into Cooper's old man at the BP Servo at Manly there and I said, you know, how's Cooper going, blah, blah. And he said, well, you know, he's... You know, he's doing a bit of this and a bit of that. And I said, well, is he going to be back on the footy field? So, Cooper, what's the, where are you going? What's happening? Oh, Making mate. babies. Oh, mate, I can't break, the, I can't break it on this platform, Wally. You know that. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Save it for the best, Doesn't mate. Doesn't pay enough. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, thanks for the chat. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us, Wally. Oh, there you go, Cooper. Um, any chance of returning after babies? Uh, potentially, mate. Potentially after I get that snip and ready to go. You know what I was very proud of then? What about that beautiful, just dramatic pause and fade out from Wally? Yeah, very impressive. He just left it on a beautiful five-second pause. That was wonderful. (laughs) Very impressive. Hey, we we started the show out with uh, pre-season stories, training camp stories. Um, I wanted to pick your brain on a few more. So we spoke about the serious stuff, the army camps and all that sort of jazz. Pre-season camps or, or trips away, I imagine there's a few pranks um, amongst the boys, and I think you've got a bit of a reputation as a prankster. Any yeah. any stories you could tell us about pranks on uh, pre-season trips? Yeah, we've got a, we've done a fair few. A lot of them resolve around uh, prank calls. There's a, any Storm fans who are listening, there's a young fellow down there called Alec McDonald. Uh, debuted yep. a couple of years ago. Great player, strong, built like Dallas Johnson, and uh, loves his diet and loves protein. And uh, <laughs> he went... We got... So... When you have your in preseason, you get told not to get the protein from boost juice. So if you go and get a boost juice, you don't know what protein they're using. So if you get tested by Sada, uh, yeah, yeah. you can get done for four years. This Shout is the Janine. second time Janine's been on the show today. Yeah, Shark Tank and yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, so what we did was, uh, one of the boys heard he got a boost juice and was wigging out. Because they got protein in it, so <laughs> so I I got a, boost juice is putting steroids in their protein. <laughs> so um, one of the boys come to me and said, "Oh look, Alex been wigging out. We should ring him, and you should pretend to be an asada or a oh, fish yet. Oh no, so we, that's cruel. We were up there in uh, we were hubbed in the Sunshine Coast, and uh, so we got all the boys in the team room. Alex was in his room, and we put it on speaker, and um, I rang him as. David, someone from uh, Asada, and I, his first, because he got tested and he was wigging out and he was telling the guy, oh, mate, I, I had a boost juice not long ago, but it shouldn't show up with anything. So I rang him and said, mate, the first sample of your urine's come back positive uh, to oh, performance no. enhancing substances. Oh, no. And he, he was breaking down on the phone, <laughs> explaining, God, mate, I had a boost juice. I'm, I'm not a cheater. I've never cheated. Um, and we were all in hysterics. We had, the co- we had the coaching staff in there as well, pissing themselves. Craig Bellamy had tears running down his eyes. And uh, we had him going for about 15 minutes. We were asking uh, about all sorts of things. We were asking about his gym routine, uh, things he, if he does any other party drugs, things like this. And he was, he was in hysterics. Uh, we ended up hanging up on him. And after about 20 minutes, because it was all recorded, we sent it into the WhatsApp group. Uh, but by that stage, he'd already rung his parents oh, and, no. and confessed to them uh, what he'd just told us, saying that he thought he was about to get banned for four years. 
it was oh. a, it was a bit of a prank going wrong, but it was uh, it was it was. One how of do the, you react when you told him that it was a prank? Nah, he was so off me. <laughs> I bet he was. So, and for like weeks, he was saying he was going to get me back. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> Alex, he's just not one of those guys that could come up with yeah. a good enough idea to um, come back and get me with. It I, was all time though. I might enlist you, so. Um, I think it was this show, or it could have been the weekend show. Um, producer Brooksy and um, and Steve Philp got me uh, with a prank, and I haven't had a chance to get Philpy back. So he's a comedian. He's the guy that drives around on. Um, he was the fake, uh, the limo driver on the Maddie Johns show. Oh yeah. They got me, and and uh, I asked Sock to come on breakfast and and do an interview about the cricket. And uh, he rang me and said he was the media manager for New South Wales Cricket and that I'd been contacting players directly, not going through the media manager. And started saying, like, well, who are you? And he got me to say, I'm James Magnuson or something like that. <laughs> but, and then you spelt out Magnuson. And he goes, <laughs> can, yeah, you something like, can you spell that for me? <laughs> I said, M-A-G. <laughs> oh, it was not good. So I need to get Philpy back. He's, so, he's very good, Phil. He's pretty good. He looks switched on, very quick-witted. But he's I'm... quick, yeah. And he was say, the the stuff he was saying on this call was really infuriating. Like, and I was in a business meeting, and I said to the, I didn't know the number, but I I was running a marketing campaign for my gym. So if there was an, a a call that came through on a number I didn't know, I thought it was a gym lead. So I'm in this business meeting, and I said I've just got to step to the side for two seconds just to check this call. Stepped aside, I'm on the call. There's three guys sitting there in this meeting looking at me while I'm on the call. So Philpy's saying infuriating things. And all I wanted to do is to tell him to get effed. But I'm in, in the middle of a business meeting. So I'm trying to stay super composed. <laughs> and he gets me to spell out my surname, which was just... That oh, is what, it was Have crook. you got audio over there? Is that what you're holding We've up? Got, no, I don't have it. But we were on a bit of a tear that month. And we got one of the producers of Jimmy Smith's show, Ken Kramer who went on Twitter and went, Coles North Sydney have no avocados. There needs to be an investigation. So we called up Kean and went, um, excuse me, Mr. Kramer, we saw your tweet. Um, what aisle did you look for the avocados in? <laughs> and we went, we moved them to aisle three this week. Can you please not head to social media and throw out incorrect information? And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, mate. I'll go to <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I think it was Bar. We had Andrew Barnett doing that one. Oh man, it was so funny. He was sitting in the back room of the producer room, so you could see him on the phone. Mm. And we're recording the call in there. It's so fun, just getting work yeah, colleagues with pranks, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. It, is. it just we, makes it. So another one you just reminded me of. Tyron Wishart had a mate in Jerringong. Is that the contortionist? Yeah, renowned. <laughs> The contor- very flexible tyrant we shot. Some would say too flexible. It wants to be more flexible, but he's yeah, a good starting point. Start with the hamstrings. Um, so one of one of his mates, uh, he he did a runner on a cab. So okay, he he yep. got down in Jerengong. He went out in Wollongong, got a cab all the way down Jerengong. Oh. Didn't want to pay a hundred dollars. Ran out of the cab. Small town. So what happened was. Wish he knew about it and told me, he said, we should prank him. So I pretended to be Senior Constable Tony Chalmers and uh, from, uh, from Jerringong Police Station. And I've got him and I had him on the phone and I said, look, mate, look, I was young. I hit him with a real hard man at the start and I sort of started to come around. Look, I was young once, you know, 
doing illicit substances and experimenting sexually <laughs> and things like that. So now he thinks we're friends. We've got we had it all. We've got it all on film. And uh, I was going. And anybody who knows Tony, so Tony Chalmers is actually he's actually the floor man and uh, works yep. in media. He was at Channel Nine. Now he's at Fox Sports. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I was saying, you know, senior constable Tony Chalmers, and I said, mate, I actually grew up in Gerringong. I, uh, I actually know your mother. So he was going, oh, yeah, and I said, look, I'm going to let you on a pass. I know your mother. I, I, um, I uh, you know, used to hang out with your mother when we were young and teens, so I'm going to let you off. Mate, just promise me you won't do anything like this. He's, mate, so grateful. I'm so sorry. And he said, mate, tell your mother uh, that 8-inch uh, TC says hello. <laughs> <laughs> And he went, right, uh, okay. <laughs> and then me and Wishy just started laughing hysterically in the background. And he went, you bastards. <laughs> oh, that's very good. That's very good. Who was the, um, who was the besides yourself, the prankster at Manly most recently? At Manly, uh, you know, Morgan Harper. He yeah. was a real, he, um, he used to do a lot of, crazy stuff actually like sort of too far stuff uh <laughs> would put like bricks take boys tires up and put bricks on them oh that's a and lot and then um somebody thought uh harps harps did a prank and somebody thought it was jason saab and this is where the admin actually ended up coming in and say guys you got to stop this prank war because the boys threw all the sabi stuff in the pool and then wiped dog poo that they found out the front all over this new white shirt he'd bought. He'd bought this really nice designer shirt that was hanging in his locker and somebody came through and smeared dog shit all over it and it ended up, the admin staff ended up coming down and goes, guys, this stuff's getting out of hand. It's going to start ruining team morale. Yeah. Um, that could derail a season. Yeah, it and it did. Oh, man. Um, we had uh, on the swim team, well, so when you when you're in the swim team, you separate into your individual squads or whatever. So I was here in Sydney at Olympic Park, and uh, the way it panned out, we just ended up with about nine guys in the squad and about two girls. And uh, whenever we go away on um, training camps, they were having trouble with our squad because we'd always get in a bit of trouble, a bit of strife. And it was always centered around um, at the time we would have been say all late teens, early twenties, all single blokes. And it all centered around chasing girls, as it does at that age. So the coaching, every time we went somewhere, there was trouble. So the coaching staff said, we're going to take you to the most remote place to keep you out of trouble that we can find. So we went to Threadbow in January, outside of snow season. So we get to Threadbow, and uh, there's no one in the entire town. There's basically, have you been to Threadbow? Yeah. There's like that one big motel that's all wooden logs and stuff like that. And we're staying there, barely anybody else in the whole place. We're training at the pool in Threadbow basically can't get up to any trouble anyway we have this great week of training i think we ended up doing three a day swim sessions so we wake up five train go home sleep come in at lunch train go home sleep come in at night train go home sleep and we we're just absolutely hammering it there's nothing else to do up there we're just training every day anyway it gets to it gets to the end of the week and the coach says uh you've been training so well i'll allow you to have two beers at the at the bar at the hotel, we go. Yep, sweet. Go in there, have two beers each. Yeah, all, I'm sure all that the boys. went well. <laughs> two beers each. And the coach said to me, "Oh, I just wanted to have a quick chat to you after this." And the other boys went back to their room. And so he had a bit of a chat debrief for the week. Anyway, I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving the chat. I'm leaving the bar. 
and uh, I bump into this girl outside of the bar and I was like, oh, what are you doing up here? She said, oh, I'm actually having my 21st birthday tonight at the function room here at the hotel. So, ah, sweet. <laughs> so, called up the boys. I said, uh, boys, <laughs> it's a female 21st, <laughs> 21st birthday party. So, me and all the boys pile into this party. How old are you boys at this stage? Though? I would have been, say, 20. Okay, let's play out. Yeah, and, uh, and so we pile into this party and all girls and just us. So, we're absolutely going for it. Turns out the father of the girl whose birthday it is uh, is a big swimming fan. Uh, and I'm getting wound up here, so I'm going to have to finish the story. After the break. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the run home with Cooper Johns and James Magnuson. You're back on the run home. Okay, Cooper, let me set the scene. We are, we're in Threadbow, we're on a training camp, two beers only, and I've bumped into this girl outside, the only bar in the whole of Threadbow. She said she's having a 21st birthday party in the function room at our hotel, which was quite lucky, I must say. Uh, so I call up all the other boys in the swim team, um, and we pile into this party. And it turns out the dad uh, of the girl having her birthday was a big swimming fan. Uh, so he's just free drinks basically for the boys he's bringing out shots tequila vodka we're just going nuts so we're absolutely hammering this party and it's a, all girls and just the swimming boys so we've all partnered off anyway the word gets around that the coaching group that we were with is coming back from the bar so these girls come running over they're like quick quick hide hide the, the coaches are coming back so we all scatter into corners of the room and hide and there's one guy and he's probably not the quickest guy um, he's not the sharpest guy in, in the group and he's standing in the middle of the dance floor on his own surrounded by girls dancing and the coaches look in the window and just see him on his own and so they walk in and grab him they're like what on earth and drag him out and he's looking around to see where all the other boys are and we're like oh do we don't we and we're like nah he's dead that's his own fault yeah. so he gets taken off anyway next morning we come to training and the coaches are absolutely filthy um, they're like you know we give you, you know, we give you two beers and, and this guy goes off to a party on his own and they go, have you, they go, have you guys heard about this? And we go, nah. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, so we're in Threadbow. So the coach says uh, to this, this swimmer, he goes, here's a weight vest. So we've got one of those weight vests that have the plates on the front and back. Yeah. He goes, here's a weight vest. He goes, all the, all the lifts are shut because it's not snow season. He said, you're now to walk and take a picture, a selfie of yourself with uh, the peak of Kosciuszko sign wearing this weight vest and then I'll see you back here for afternoon training. Oh. And so he's, he's kind of looking at us thinking like, ah, oh, they'll come around. And we just look at him and go, <laughs> so off he trots. We go and train that morning. He walks to the top of Kosciuszko on his own. Must have been uh, 15, 20K with a weight vest. Takes the selfie at the peak of Mount Kosciuszko and then walks back and rejoins us for training that oh, afternoon. Use a shit, mate. <laughs> oh, we are. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh, what are the... Ah, what are the options here? You know, we're, we're training so well and we'd already... The, the rest of us had been in more strife than this guy anyway, to be fair. Oh, okay. So it would have been bigger consequences, I imagine, for us. Like, people would have been getting sent home, I think. Yeah, okay. In, in question, in those... Was it four of you guys there? 
Would have been six of us. So who who would have been the leader of you guys? Were you the leader of that gang? Or who probably. Was the old, were you the yeah, and I, I wasn't the oldest, but um, I probably had the most sway with the coach and stuff like that. And I was the one that bumped into this girl because yeah. I had to stay behind to talk to the coaches. So if I hadn't have rung the other boys... Yeah. No, no one would have come. But most of them were older than me. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a bit of give and take. Yeah. All right, let's get to a break. You're on the run home. No, we're not getting to a break. We're getting to a guest. Beautiful. All right. Uh, we've now got Sydney FC player live on the run home. Ryan Grant, welcome back. Uh, you're with Cooper and Missile this afternoon. Were you, were you listening into that story, Ryan? Hey, boys. Yeah, I was. I caught the back end. Uh, I think I have to agree with Coops. You sort of threw him under the bus there. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any uh, – I know, I know you're in the full swing of things now. You're in the middle of the season. But have you got any uh, pre-season um, training camp stories or pranks? Cooper's been rattling off a few p- pranks that even, he's played on even teammates. Mad, even Mad Monday ones. Yeah. Yeah, most of my stories are probably end-of-season trips. Okay. Um, a lot of them probably can't say too much. Um, yeah, a few trips to, to Bali and a couple to Cancun, um, which didn't end great for me. Um, yeah. A few separate occasions, but um, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing I could probably say right now to be honest. But I have to tell you something. Don't don't worry. We're using our imagination, and it sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick little man. <laughs> um, uh, we're we're here at the driving range today, Ryan. Um, at Moore Park. Uh, Brooksy showed us on your socials, you've been working on your own golf game, a little bit of simulator action. Yeah, so a few of the boys are pretty keen golfers. I'm a pretty average. I like to just smack as hard as I can. So um, had a few lessons actually the last couple of months um, at the simulation uh, play. So I'm um, starting to enjoy it. I hit it, tend to hit it straighter there for some reason. I'm not sure if they're picking up on on my uh, massive fade, but um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not a massive keen golfer, but I love to have a bit of a hit with the boys. How'd you go with swallowing the pride? I've kept keep thinking I need to get lessons, but I'm a little bit embarrassed at this age to get golf lessons. How, did, how was that? Was that awkward? Uh, it was actually just a, a fella reached out on Instagram, to be honest. So I just took him up on an offer and then learned a few things. He helped me a few times um, with a few things, sorry, and then I went back um, for a second or third go, and he seems to have made, made a bit of a difference. So, yeah, I'm a bit like you. I wouldn't have probably reached out, um, but, yeah, the guy was nice enough to offer me a, a lesson, and I took him up on it, and he's definitely helped. He's not doing, like, the happy Gilmore holding your hips or anything like that, <laughs> is he? That's all I can envisage. No, that's, a, that's the barley story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, all right, you guys, Sydney FC uh, had a recent win uh, over Perth Glory 3 2. It's been a mixed start to the season. Um, what do you make of the year so far? Yeah, I think pretty mixed, like you said. Um, coming off a, a good win against Perth, it was, I'm not sure if you saw, but it was a, a lightning um, storm at half Yeah, time. weird so game. Yeah, 70 minutes for the halftime break, which was pretty ordinary. Um, but, yeah, so we were up 2-0 at halftime, ended up winning 3-2, which was obviously good to get the three points, but it would have been nice to, to keep a clean sheet um, and not let them back in it. But, yeah, other than that, we've had a few good wins um, and some um, other ordinary results. But I think we're, we've really turned the corner and we're starting to play some good footy. And uh, the new, new coach came in about a month ago, and um, since then I think we're sort of on an uphill trajectory. Yeah, mate, this Saturday night, you're up against MacArthur at 7.45. Um, they were Wooden Spooners last year, but uh, they're undefeated for the first six games. What do you expect from them? 
Yeah, yeah, they've been a yeah a bit of a revelation this season. Uh, last year they weren't um, at their best, so um, to see them doing well this year is obviously great for the league. But yeah, it's something that we need to sort of um, bring to a, bring to a stop and, and get the win this weekend. Yeah, they'll be tough, like like they have been for every um, club this season. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to another challenge, and I'm sure we'll come away with a three points. What's the rivalry like between you guys and Macarthur? Obviously. Um you and the Wanderers have a fierce rivalry, but what about another Sydney club like MacArthur? Is is that building or is it is it established? Um, yeah, I don't think there's a real rivalry there. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're a newer team. Um, they've only been in the league for a few years, so um, it's definitely building. Like like football in Australia, it's always getting bigger every year. Um, but yeah, the rivalry's not quite there. It's very annoying to play against them because they have the their fans have the cowbell, so. Um, other than that, they're, just, they're pretty annoying to play against. But, um, yeah, they've been, like you said, been good this season. So it sort of builds to the uh, atmosphere around the game. Hopefully it'll be a cracker. You've got a new coach at the moment, uh, Ufuk. How have you found... Uh, I mean, Corica was there for so long. How's it been having a new coach in the system? Yeah, obviously, uh, when Stevie Corica left, it was um, pretty sad. He's been there for, I think, 19 years and, um, I played with him as a player, and uh, then he had—he was my coach for a number of years too. So I've got a pretty good relationship with him. So uh, it was sad to see him go, but he's saying that uh, I think he said it best that that's football not anymore. Um, so it's time for something new. And Wolfie's come in and done really well, a couple of good results, um, and like I said, we're starting to play some good footy and be on a, an uphill trajectory. So um, yeah, so far so good under Wolfie. Did you say his nickname was Uffy? Because that surname opens itself up to a number of uh, possible nicknames. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. He goes with, goes for Uffy mostly because people don't want to try to say Uffy without stuff. <laughs> uh, so we, we call him Uffy. I think he's happy to go by that too. And uh, mate, your partner's just had a little uh, baby girl, Bobby, a month ago. Uh, what's that been like? You been getting any sleep? Yeah, it's been. I thought I. Was, Knew what it would be all about, but it's been yeah a bit of a, a rude awakening. Um, yeah, a few sleepless nights. There's not a lot I can do as as male. I try and help as much as I can, but obviously she just loves the boob at the moment. Um, so it's yeah just about me trying to help where I can. But yeah, a few sleepless nights, and I think we're getting into a bit of a routine now. But um, no, loving it. She's a yeah she's a little beauty and uh, very happy. And mate, you're a Panthers fan. Uh, what's the difference between uh, the soccer fan, because the soccer fans can get quite hostile. Uh, what kind of fan are you as a Panthers fan? Are you quite uh, hostile fighting blokes from the car park? He's a, he's a flares man. He always brings the flares to the game. Yeah, I, 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 I always think when people give me stick, I hate it. I was like, why well, I get so uh, invested? And then I remember how I am when I'm watching the Panthers play and I'm having a go and yelling at the ref and the rest of it. So I think, I, yeah, much like everyone else gets very uh, invested and um, get sort of riled up by it, but no, I think there's not been too much get riled up over the last couple of years being a Panthers fan, so Mate, uh, I, we've I been think, in yeah, pretty good think, form so, so far. I so think good. I've seen I think I've seen you a couple times out at Penrith throwing cans and hurling abuse at me when I've been out yeah. there when, <laughs> when Panthers have been kicking us. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. <laughs> Mate, the, uh, just on those soccer fans, I've actually got a story. A listener actually just texted through a story asking me to tell it. Uh, we used to, sh- when I was down at the Storm, we used to share Amy Park with the Melbourne Victory. And uh, 
they got thumped when uh what was the other mel what's the other melbourne team that just came in uh western united western united they when they first came in the comp they beat them like four five nil or something they flogged them and uh we were in the gym one day with the victory and there were all these guys out there dressed in black and they were knocking on the window and i was doing some med ball exercise probably bludging in the gym (laughs) and uh there were all these people out there so i opened up the door to ask if they were looking for someone and all these blokes with flares and all dressed in black started charging the gym. <laughs> and we, like, the Victory Boys were going, what the hell's going on? We all had to push them out and lock them back out of the gym because they were coming in to basically belt all the Victory Boys. You're kidding. Now, have you guys ever had anything like that? The Cove? Uh, not to that extent. We've had a, Yeah, we've had some fans show up at the training ground when they're not happy with the way we've been going or not happy with the way the club's been run or, or who's in charge in terms of coaching. Um, but yeah, never sort of um, charged at us and sort of confronted it, confronted us. But yeah, it's been a few hairy moments. But um, yeah, our fans are, are pretty good fellas, I think, and I've got a good relationship with them. So I think I'd join in and um, jump on a few of the boys if it was up to me. Yeah, well, that's why they, these Melbourne boys were lucky because Cooper was there to sort of put his body on the line. <laughs> they, they thought I was the uh, they thought I was the water boy, so they left me alone. <laughs> I thought they thought you were the rock. <laughs> uh, uh, good luck for the rest of the season, uh, Ryan. No doubt uh, you'll be able to turn things around. And uh, all starts against Macarthur this Saturday night. Uh, it's a seven forty-five PM kickoff. Uh, all the best, and thanks for joining us again on the run home. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Alrighty, Cooper. There you go. So I've see what I've done there. I've given you a tennis fix. I've given you a soccer fix. Is there any other sports you want me to get? Uh, any? Is there any cricket? Is there any cricket news at the moment going on? What about the Mitchell Johnson stuff? Do you have any opinion on uh, yeah. that? Yeah. Good point. So I, I did um, the SAS show with. Well, little did I know at the time that there were such big issues. But I was on the same season as both Candice Warner and Mitchell Johnson. Oh, wow. In hindsight, when I heard all this stuff come out the other day, I was racking my brain and I'm thinking back and the two of them never did hang out or talk. So it may have been simmering then. But Mitchell Johnson is one of the best blokes you'll ever meet. Lovely bloke. So when he came out and said that stuff, you sort of... I haven't met Dave Warner. I don't know a heap about Dave Warner, but you sort of gravitate towards the person you know. Yeah. But then the more I read into the comments, I'm like, oh, it's pretty heavy to a former teammate. I mean, it's not great. And the latest now is Mitchell Johnson um, hasn't been um, used on any of the commentary teams. Oh, they've pulled him from the commentary teams? They've pulled him from the commentary teams. So it may have hurt him. I suppose once you reveal that sort of biasness... It'd be very yeah. hard for him to go back in the commentary and for people to think if he's ever bagging Australia or Dave Warner out, they'll know that it's probably for a different... I don't know what really is going on between them, but uh, when I read the comments, I thought it was a very... When you come from a team sport, it's a very obscure thing for someone to come out and say about a former teammate. It's aggressive, isn't it? Yeah. He was always... And this is the thing that surprised me. So when I met Mitch, um, he was very mild-mannered, very humble, quite the polar opposite to when he played. Maybe it was super aggressive, a little bit chirpy when he was bowling, particularly for that series 2013 yeah. um, when he was at the peak of his powers. And then he was so mild-mannered as, a, as a, a, a normal guy. But then you see those comments and you go, oh, that's the 
fast bowler, Miss Johnson. Like that's coming from the back fence. Yeah, that is. Miss it didn't miss. That's a Yorker. That's a Yorker. Um, that's a Beamer. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, so we we did speak about this. Is it in cricket? Is it a certain thing where? Is there a rivalry between the batters and the bowlers? You spoke about think so. going off with your team, the freestylers, as you guys call them. Also a rap group. Bomb funk MTs. But um, is, that a, is that a thing? You see, do the bowlers not necessarily think, hang out with um, them? I think Steve O'Keefe used to call them um, the fast bowler cartel. Is that right, That's Brooksy? what they are, the Aussie the fast, fast bowling, bowling cartel. cartel. FBC. Yeah. So they, the FPC. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> the FBC. Uh, so I think there may be a little bit of tension yeah, okay. between the two. Um, what, what are your thoughts? So David Warner's average hasn't been the best. But does a swan song in Australia against Pakistan really hurt the team? I don't. Look, I, I, think given, I think everybody deserves, like I think he definitely deserves his send-off. Yeah. For what he's done in the game, yeah, uh, he's done a lot. I know a lot of people who end up getting their send off. They don't necessarily play their best, you know. They don't perform their best towards back into the career. But yeah. I think for what he's done, uh, you know, and I, I don't know the ins and outs of cricket that well. I know, you know, he had the sandpaper scandal and all this stuff, uh, and I know that that's very significant in that sport and people felt betrayed and cheated by that but I mean I'm coming from a sport where scandals revolve around a lot more hectic stuff off yeah. the field so yeah. to me it's not as as big a deal and I don't think he deserves to be defined his whole career just from that one scandal it'll be interesting to see how he's remembered yeah because he's had some really high highs and some really low lows uh, but all in all his record speaks for itself somewhat at, at all three levels of the game. So to be interested, you can't help but feel maybe it's one of those ones we'll look back and go, oh, maybe we should have enjoyed Dave Warner for what, a, what he was, which was a great batsman rather than a divisive figure. Um, I can't see a problem with giving him a swan song, particularly there's been reports that this Pakistan team that they're sending out is maybe subpar. Yeah. So maybe, you know, tons up a couple of times to finish off his career and Goes out, um, goes out as a hero. Yeah, I'd like to see that because I wouldn't. You don't want to see someone finish a career not on their own terms. So, if you're listening, Dave, you can give us a call or send through the text line. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, he's a local around. I think he's Maroubra. Is that right, Brooksy? Yeah, yeah. So, um, shout out David Warner and Mitch Johnson though, because it's, it's a bit of excitement. I, I like to see it, Jono. Fr friends and teammates fight all the time. There's feuds. The Johns brothers, they're not talking. Uh, maybe we could get in touch with maybe the, the Rose brothers and get some sort of boxing fight on. Maybe they could undercard Maddie and Joey. Well, here's one. So, um, Mitchell Johnson is like a... I, I want to say black belt, but that may be exaggerating. He's, he's in karate, so his wife... Uh, went to the world champs or the Olympics or the highest of high events for karate. Um, so he got into karate after um, sport. Okay. So on the SAS TV show, you have to fight someone. <laughs> and Mitchell Johnson, so they started off, you know, you could pick who you fight. And Honey Badger fought a girl, which was pretty sketchy. Oh, that was, that was insane. Yeah, nearly, nearly killed her. It was <laughs> worse in real life. Uh, and, and then they said, all right, enough of that. We're going to pick the fights for you. So they're just basically going off like general height. And so they go Mitch Johnson and Merrick Watts. 
And we just found out that he's a black belt in karate. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. Merrick Watts was the only one to get knocked out <laughs> in what, all the knock fights. He knocked him out. Oh. <laughs> he pumped him. Like, pumped him. And it was the bowling arm. It was the biggest left overhand left haymaker you've ever seen. Merrick just watched it crack straight into his jaw and just dropped on his back seeing stars and like, <laughs> didn't know where he was. But as he's, as he's throwing it, I'm like, that's... That's the uh, that's the left arm of doom. Of course, he's going to have a decent haymaker. Yeah. In him. Poor Merrick would have been fifty-five. Mitch Johnson would have been forty. It was the biggest mismatch in TV history. But it, he's got some funny stories around him, Mitch. Remember, I think he got dropped, and he was going through trying to get back into the team. And there was a story that came out where he was running around Perth with a six-stitcher, like he was doing these like five-k runs. And he was just running around with it in his <laughs> left hand. Okay, but he came back and absolutely yeah. destroyed the opposition. Yeah. But I've got a... I've, look, I think there's a theory behind this. Perth had some terrible crowds last year for their test match. Mitchell Johnson, the first test is in Perth. He puts it in the West Australian. This scathing article with Dave Warner and George Bailey... Do you think yeah, there could be? Too. Could there? Yeah. Do you think there could be a bit of a? Well, put it this way: story would, to fire yeah, up the Would cricket be a, in the headlines if Mitch Johnson hadn't have said that? That's the most exciting the thing that's happened since the. Um, the test World team Cup. was pretty much fourteen. They put Lance Morris in the squad, a local fast bowler. He's not going to play, but he's in the squad. There's been no other storylines other than probably what you said, uh, missile regarding the Pakistan team and Windy's being a bit. How, you know, how's your father in terms of opposition? <laughs> but yeah, it could be it could be just a thing to fire up the series. I uh, I can't get the visual of now Mitch Johnson uh, knocking out Merrick Watts and the Karate Kid because <laughs> he's got a bit of uh, the Karate Kid. He is. He's got a bit of Johnny Lawrence about him though. Yeah, he does. Uh, William Zapka from the Cobra Kai he does. dojo. <laughs> Um, a bit of a bad guy image. So can uh, we can we clip that maybe off? Uh, can we clip that off YouTube and just put a little gif of Johnson with the overhand left on Merrick Watts? Yeah, turn <laughs> yeah and turn that and yes. then put it alongside maybe uh, Johnny Lawrence sweeping the leg split screen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Split yeah, yeah. screen. We we'll get Huss in the middle. Crop <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> Dave Warner's face onto uh, Ralph Macho, whose legs getting swept. <laughs> uh, that would be a really great little clip. Uh, we've we've never had a cricketer in a no limit event. I can't think of a cricketer ever fighting. Dave Warner, I, I think, is the most likely to be honest. Yeah, I reckon he seems a brawler. He seems like he could handle himself. Stocky. And yeah. He looks like he's got a bit of muscle mass behind him. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I think pay per view numbers Warner versus Johnson sells. Yeah. I Rose, mean, if I'm a promoter, I could sell that at the market. Big the, time. If the Rose Brothers are listening, wouldn't that be good? No limit. Get them on there. You That'd take be, it to India? Yeah, take it over there. You could do a massive... Oh, it'd be huge. Massive yeah. card It'd over be there. huge. Get Brett Lee on. Brett Lee fight someone as well. Shane. The two brothers. Oh, brother. Oh, Maybe yeah. we could a sibling thing and Matthew and Andrew yeah. finally settle their differences. Jack and Cooper as well. Jack, Jack and Cooper. <laughs> do you guys... What's the age difference between you two? He's two years older than me. Okay. Jack. But so, he, he demolished me. He's a heavyweight. Yeah, he's, he's He's got 20 kilos on me. Does he? Yeah. Does he have to... I'm assuming you'd naturally be a similar build. So does he have to work pretty hard to keep the weight on or put the weight on? 
He does, but he he's naturally way bigger than me, Dad or yeah, Joey. Okay. Like he's he's like six foot. He's an is extra, he? Yeah, he's six foot three probably. Yeah. Okay. And Dad and Joey are what five foot four. <laughs> and, <laughs> <In> heels. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know where he gets. I think there there is rumours that uh, maybe the chief was coming around as a mailman. A few ah, times. the <laughs> chief. <laughs> Shout out to Paul Harrigan. Well, we, we had rumours in our family as well because um, I'm not that good on the old system. I think my mum's about 5'2", five 5'3". Five Dad's about, might be pushing six foot. Yeah. And then I'm 6'5", almost 6'6", six six, and my brother's the same. Okay. And so everyone's like, what what is doing? Yeah. It okay. looks comical when we're all together. Yeah, what, what, who were you thinking? A bit of Grant Hackett? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if Grant was ever up in Port Macquarie. It's probably probably a different era. It would probably more be a Kieran Perkins. But with the fast twitch, it's got to be a sprinter. So maybe... you saying? Who was the mean machine? That, I don't know. Was it Seoul Olympics, that relay team we had? Yeah, I'm not much of a swimming Neil historian. Brooks. Is Duncan that who Armstrong? it was? Duncan Armstrong. Know. Could have been Duncan Armstrong. Yeah, okay. Laurie Lawrence was cheering on from the sideline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had Laurie was the cut man. Yeah. He was yeah, him, yeah. He was, he was a lunatic. A lot, yeah. of great arm, a lot of great Armstrongs. Neil, Lance, Duncan. Yep. A few good Armstrongs. Yeah. Just quietly, just thinking aloud. For a a few good Armstrongs. <laughs> so tell us, Cooper, big debut, by the way. Mm. Massive debut. Very successful. A lot of praise on the text line. Um, Donna from Dandenong. Big fan of your work as well. She's been texting in throughout the show. Um, more shows coming up on SEN over the summer before you head over to yeah, the big weeks. A little bit of stuff going on, I think. Um, yeah. So uh, Just after Chrissy? Just after Chrissy, after we uh, go to that Chrissy break. So hopefully come back on there and uh, you can hear more of this some more Pat Cummins show. We'll, uh, we'll reunite the dream team. That's been uh, Cooper Johns and James Magnuson. Or subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast and Spotify or download the SEN app.